go to the Jersey Shore. Three, two, one. The great Tom Papa will be at the Jersey Shore this weekend. <laughs> do you ever get do gigs down there? With flip flops. <laughs> and a metal detector. <laughs> and a metal detector. <laughs> do you know anybody's ever scored with a metal detector? No. I mean, scored like found like a, found something a awesome, bottle cap. Like, yeah, like a but... <laughs> Civil War belt buckle or some shit. Never. Never. I yeah. used. I had one when I was a kid. Did you? Because I used to go to the Jersey Shore. It was orange. And I would get it, and uh, no hear, no air, no uh, earphones or anything. I would just walk out on the beach with it. And never found anything. What's the earphones? Did they tell you like when the frequency is different? There's like has a different sound. Yeah, you're just going along. So it's just like the frequency of the beeps. Yeah, it's like hot, hotter, 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 burning hot. You're there. How good do those things work? I've never looked into metal detectors. I don't know, but you know, like if you take that to like the uh, Appalachian Trail or like, you know, where the Civil War went down and that mm. kind of stuff, like, you'd find stuff. Oh, I guarantee you. Yeah. I guarantee you. See, what is the most sophisticated current? Oh, I, just, I just looked this up. This guy what just is found this? something a couple weeks ago. Beep, 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 beep. Two million dollars oh. worth of Viking gold. Oh, silver. my God. <laughs> oh, who's laughing now? Um, it's two million pounds. Oh, what is sorry, that? Yeah. Is uh, that four million dollars? That's like 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that four million? Uh, is it double? At least it's like well, at least one and a half to two times. Yes, I'm like Jesus that. Christ! Viking treasure hoard. What does he got in that photo? That's what it looks like. Oh, that's his metal detector. That's wow! It's a janky looking metal detector too. It looks like it's all duct taped together and shit. It looks like he's been uh, using it a long time. <laughs> and this dude found millions of dollars in Viking finds. That's pretty wow, great. Oh man! I found nothing. I found like a bottle cap, and it's <laughs> exciting. Like when you hear it, it's like. Dee, 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 dee. Look at all the shit he found. Look at that vase. Look at that ring. That's cool. That's like the Hobbit ring. Yeah. Wow. 10th century. 10th century gold ring. Oh, my God. Isn't that cool that the That's ring insane. was... That's insane. Yeah. We A wanna... 10th century gold ring. <laughs> That's pretty great. Somebody wore that. You just got to walk in the right places. I'm in the Jersey Shore. You know what I mean? There wasn't... Yeah, my dad lives in Florida on the Treasure Coast, they call it, which is uh, like the Atlantic, mid-Atlantic, or mid halfway up and down Florida. So like every time there's hurricanes, the people are always out on the beach looking for stuff because sh shit gets washed oh, up off the yeah. bottom. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of treasure chests or tre wrecks like in the Bermuda Triangle. So all like the pirate treasure gets yep. wiped up onto the beach. There's something about finding that, though. Like if you yeah. went to a museum and you saw a ring from the 9th century... Or the yeah. 10th century, whatever it is, you'd probably be like, "Wow, that's incredible! That's that's a." But if you fucking found it in the dirt and you picked it up, and it's maybe likely, I mean, there's a, there's at least a possibility the last person that touched it was the person that died there. Huge, huge possibility. Huge. I mean, that's an. I mean, how great would that? The feeling would have been amazing. Fuck. Fuck, Did you ever find crazy. a fossil? You ever find a fossil when you were a kid walking around? Not really. I found an arrowhead though. That's Legit the same arrowhead. thing. Weren't you? Yeah, yeah excited. Yes, it was in Nevada bow hunting. I found an arrowhead. Oh wow! And I lost it. Oh, so sad. That's terrible. So sad. <laughs> I think you're actually supposed to leave them there, so it's probably karma. But I'm like, leave it oh. here. This is a trail. Anybody's gonna find it. This is stupid. Like, if you want me to bring it to a museum or something, that's one thing. Right. But just say, just leave it there. Fuck off. Yeah, someone no else is gonna, gonna come take it. No one's gonna leave it there. <laughs> Did I ever it, tell you the story of my uh, brother-in-law who? Uh, uses metal detector, and uh, his his uh, friends, married couple, I think newly married, went hiking in the Grand Tetons, and she lost her ring. She lost her engagement ring, and uh, 
he was going out there like in, a month from then. And he went out and he took his metal detector and he hiked along the same trail. And he comes back to New Jersey and his buddy's in the bar and he just sits down next to him at the bar and tosses the ring on the on the bar. Holy shit. <laughs> Found it. Holy shit. Hiking. Yeah. Wow. What are the odds? Yeah. Like of all the steps she could have taken, yeah. all the places she could have gone. I mean, they probably told her what trail that he, you know, they took or whatever. Just Jesus, still though, the whole trail. <laughs> yeah, Can you exactly. Imagine someone telling you, "I lost my wedding ring on this trail. Somewhere. Please go find it." What the fuck are you talking about? The That's great, gone. Yeah, the great move is not calling and saying, "Holy shit, I found it." Just yes. showing up at your local bar and just ding. That's pretty gangster. Yeah, it's pretty bad. What is like the state of the art consumer model? metal detector maybe i should have a metal detector dude come on here and talk to me about what the fuck they do <laughs> that would be cool because i guess it's got to be exciting right especially like places like the beach where stuff washes up yeah do you have to wear sandals when you do it you must right that you yeah. have you must part have of a the... certain body odor too <laughs> like a like a mildewy bittery sort of a soury milky <laughs> you smell like a little <laughs> like ham the garrett ace <laughs> is this supposed to be the shit Ooh, yeah, look how it popped up pretty high. That goes on your mm. forearm, right? That weight. So for 340 bucks, you could find oh, no, the back of your 2 million pounds worth of Viking stuff. Look at that thing. It's That's pretty... cheap. Is that the best one? See if there's like some good. fucking Sensitivity? Cadillac of uh, metal detectors. Pro model Ooh, oh, the pro boy. model. Look, it comes pro. with waterproof. Well, ever too. since I went pro. Comes with a lot of stuff. Things changed. Gold 764. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, you went pro. I went pro, bro. You know, uh, after the Viking gold thing, right. I'm like, obviously, I'm blessed. So, uh, oh, totally, dude, here. totally. But what does that mean? Do you have a sponsor? Yeah, bro, I'm pro. Oh man, I'm making money off of uh, finding take shit. It under a river. You take it underwater. Whoa, that's deep. Wow. That's actually pretty badass. You know what, though? It's not all that badass. There's something about. There's something corny about. All like even the, even the best ones, it's still like yeah, you still. yeah. It's definitely like it's in the fanny pack realm. Yeah, which I I endorse, but it's like what what are you doing here? Exactly. What are you giving up? Oh, this one's seven hundred ninety nine dollars. Oh, eight thousand. Oh, eight thousand. Eight thousand. Extra nine in there. Gold. There you go. Gold nugget metal detector. A mine lab. It's a that mine lab cool. GPZ. Go mine, up into the lab. go up in Northern California where all the gold mines were. That'd be oh, cool. Oh, yeah, that's thing. a move, right? Yeah. So how does that fucking thing work? Does that work different than only picks up gold? What Set it? it on gold. Yeah, this other one had, like, on the top of the meter, it has specific for, like, gold, iron, oh. silver. Like, oh, it, like, gives you different readings? Yeah, and then this thing's called a pinpointer, whatever that is. Oh, whoa. I'm only interested in gold. See, the, I guarantee you this is one of those things that there's a fucking rabbit hole, and you start with this, and next <laughs> thing you know, you're getting Miner Magazine yeah. in the mail, <laughs> and, and you're subscribing to these websites where people go on these these uh, metal detector yeah. runs. <laughs> your wife comes into your... Yeah. The den and you have a miner's helmet with a light on it aren't you coming to bed uh, <laughs> in like a minute honey for real like what it's then you, then you find out about a treasure somewhere and you go oh, investigating yeah. like oh. I, but i can find it oh yeah then that's pretty try to find it well have you ever seen those documentaries on those guys that are professional shipwreck hunters no dude there's real crazy money in that. Really? And if they know where a Viking ship went down or a Roman ship went down, they know where they, they're pretty sure that there's some gold. There's been several times that they have, let's find out actually what the it, biggest bounty was. Let's take a guess. Well, you've got to figure the technology's probably just improved, right, in like the last 30 years. Yeah. Right, has made such a jump. So why 
it's probably a good time to do it. People have been probably oh, trying yeah. to search, but couldn't go down too deep or well they're really good at it now you know they're, they're but it's also the ocean is fucking huge so yeah. if you find something the odds of somebody else finding it without you telling them about it or without somebody leaking some information so it's really touch and go right and these guys invest a shitload of money so they have the divers who are these people that are usually the people that are knowledgeable but they don't really have the funds and then they meet right. somebody and that guy funds it and it's super right. squirrely, like who gets the money and how much do you get? And, and his brother's like a Coke dealer, uh, right? Someone's got a gun. Someone's got a gun. Her girlfriend's too tan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everything's just super confusing. She's really friendly. Yeah. Why is she being so nice to me? Yeah, what the, she want to fuck? This is going to be murder-suicide. This is all going to go down. Yeah, I watched this one, and these, uh, these guys had found, I want to say it was more than $100 million in gold. Oh my God! That they had found at the bottom of the ocean, but I might be making that up. I'll let you but guess you know on what? This one, this is a really good one I found. Their so, operations have to be really. What the most? The discovery of the San Jose shipwreck uh, in Colombia in 2015. How much? Oh, okay, let me guess. Yeah, guess first. It's, real, it's really high. It's really really. Oh, San do Jose. That. You shouldn't have done that. Dude, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I would have come in low. San Jose. I was gonna say 2.4 billion dollars. Ooh. That's a lot. I'm going to say $1.8 billion. I never would have said billion, by the way, if you didn't say that. Okay. $1.8. Okay. What did I say? Two point something? Two point four. $17 billion. <laughs> What? Jesus Christ. The discovery of the San Jose shipwreck has all the elements of a great drama, international political intrigue, a treasure of gold and emeralds worth up to $17 billion, and now <sighs> accusations of lies Everyone always forgets treachery. about emeralds. Everyone forgets about emeralds. I sleep on emeralds. <laughs> I sleep on them all the time. I never take them seriously. <laughs> Why is that? Clink, right? clink, clink, clink. Nobody's like, like, yo, look at my emeralds, bitch. <laughs> That's not even the best rock you could get. Isn't that weird? Yeah, you, emeralds. Why emeralds? And they're only for women. They're just shiny. Everything other than diamonds are for dudes, and diamonds aren't really for dudes. They're not for dudes. Are they no. for dudes? No. They're all for women, mostly, but a guy can wear some diamonds, like rappers wear diamonds. It looks fly. Yeah, you know? but it's sparkly. Girls like sparkles. Right, but rappers can't wear rubies. <laughs> right? Oh, nice ruby. Yo, check out my ruby. Right? Am I right, Jamie? No, uh, they can? Someone's wearing yeah. rubies? Why are you pulling my ruby, are. yo? Of course they are. <laughs> What about emeralds? Can they wear emeralds? I bet Conor McGregor wear the fuck out of some emeralds. Oh man, being all Irish and shit. Yeah, just a big yeah Irish sash. assassin. Yeah, you could wear like a like a <laughs> chest plate made out of emeralds. Are and you if, looking at my emeralds? And if you're wearing <laughs> turquoise and you're not Native American, I got questions. Yeah, right. If you're really or, into turquoise and silver, <laughs> yeah, slow down, buddy. Yeah. Are you really from New Mexico? Show me your artwork. <laughs> Show me that you're really kicking ass with some Indian artwork, because show if not... Me, show me the guy on the horse. I know you have it, you fuck. Let me see the dream catchers you're selling. No, the dream catchers. Not the dream catcher. You oh my God. man with a turquoise bracelet. Oh, man. Yeah. There was a, there was a place a... called the Silver Man when I was in school. It was in New Jersey near my uh, high school and when I was first getting into girls that's where I would go to buy jewelry to give to my girlfriend <laughs> and I remember being there like I wonder if, <sighs> wonder if I could wear some of this myself <laughs> that's hilarious <sighs> the silver man I remember there was a movie 
there was this great wrestling movie called Vision Quest with Matthew Modine, and his friend on the show was this Native American kid. It turned out to not really be Native American. Ah! <laughs> oh. Turned out that that was like his big hustle in the movie was that he was telling everybody he was Native American, talking about you going on a Vision Quest and your spirit journey and all this stuff. He's Meanwhile, Puerto Rican. Wasn't, I don't know what he was. I don't remember, but I remember that in the movie. Yeah, that dude right there. That dude turned out to not really be Native American. Oh, it was just bullshit. Well, bad on you, Matthew Modine, for thinking that was Native American. Hey, he looks Native American. Yeah, well, he looks like a badass. He looks more like Culture Club. No, he looks like an Indian man. Come on. Oh, that's the guy from Sixteen Candles. Is it same guy? Yeah, the guy who really Molly Ringwald one. really loved. Oh, really? Yeah, remember that one? You know too much about those movies. <laughs> it was the eighties. I wanted to Somebody be. I wanted to be that guy because he was like the cool guy, but he was so cool he didn't hang out with the cool people. And that then Molly movie, Ringwald fell in love with him. That is the movie that wrestlers watch. For inspiration, Vision Quest. Vision Quest. That is the movie. Yeah, that is that is an amazing movie. Is it really good? Oh, I don't probably remember. Probably sucks today. Yeah, you should probably go back and watch it today. It's probably like Altered States. <laughs> a lot of synthesizer. <laughs> yeah, I've recommended Altered States to people, and then I went back and watched it myself, and I had to come back on the air and go, "Okay, stop." <laughs> oh, <I'm> really? Sorry. <laughs> sorry what I did to you people. I saw I robbed you of an hour and a half of your life. It's. I remember thinking it was cool. It was in the day. Yeah. I mean, it was really cool. It was really cool when the movie came out. I loved it. Yeah. But movies are just different now. Yeah. Unless you see like The Godfather. The Godfather, one hundred percent holds up. Totally. Or totally The Shining. The Shining, one hundred percent holds up. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Caddyshack. Oh yeah, Caddyshack is fantastic. Back Blues to Brothers. Blues Brothers. Back to school. Yeah. Come on. So 100%. that means that maybe. Alter States wasn't that great. In the well, first it place. was different, and it, there was a it got by a lot on the different. It was an intriguing story. The whole thing was crazy. You have this brilliant doctor and this beautiful girlfriend who was also was she a scientist too? I think. I don't remember. Um, and so he takes this uh, sh shamanic drug, and it changes him. He morphs back into a monkey, and he breaks into the zoo and kills things. Right. And, that's right. I remember. They, right. He was like yeah. in the in the. With like blood on his face. Yeah, he killed something in the zoo. Right. The movie was based, not really, but based, or I should say inspired by, a guy named John Lilly, who made the isolation tank. That's right, actually there was an isolation I, tank in it. Yeah, that's actually right. how I found out about this movie. And in, in the movie, he actually goes through several generations of Lilly's isolation tanks in sort of an homage. Oh. Like he starts out floating with the uh, the head gear yeah. on, where it's like a scuba tank uh, helmet on. Right. That's the beginning of the movie. And then the end of the movie, he's lying down. See, that's right. how Lilly did it in the beginning. In the beginning, Lily had it set up where there was literally like a tube connected to his asshole so he could shit and piss into the water and it would be filtered out so he never had to leave the water. Wow. That would be good for road trips. <laughs> he would, uh, Lily would do it with ketamine. He would shoot up ketamine, which is uh, like a cat tranquilizer. I'm not really maybe, claustrophobic, maybe but that looks claustrophobic. It's not. No, no. Well, the thing I've, on your I've never head? done that one. I've never done that one. The one I've done is later in the movie, as uh, his character evolves and as the plot evolves. Later in the movie, he has like a more modern version of the isolation tank, where he's like laying flat. And they don't ever mention that he like figured out a better version or anything like that. They just kind of put it in there, right? Which is pretty fascinating. It's pretty cool. So yeah. he really was into it. Yeah. What? See the 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 top one. Okay, I guess the top one is the tube. He's coming what? out of the top of the tube. But there was another one where he laid flat. What's the actor's name again? That was William Hurt. William right? Hurt. Yeah. He was cool. He's a bad motherfucker. Remember him in Broadcast News? Yes. He was so good. 
He's been in a bunch of great movies. Yeah. He just came back recently in something. I forget what it was. But that John Lilly guy who made that tank yeah. was a, a, like a legitimate, brilliant scientist who would take all kinds of shit. Oh, yeah. He would experiment all the time. He was, the, he was a pioneer in interspecies communication research wow. with dolphins. Really? If you ever, yeah. If you, I don't know if you ever heard the story, but the woman who was doing the research, she was living with a young male dolphin, mm -hmm. and she lived in this place that was like waist high in water. But so she would walk through the water to get to her furniture, to get to where she would cook, and the dolphin lived with her and swam around with her. Wait, she, wait. So she would be like up to her waist, like yeah, yeah, in yeah. the hallways, and then she'd yep. like come up to a platform to cook or something. She had some setup where she lived with this dolphin. Wow. They all they lived in this tank. <laughs> I never heard of this. It's crazy. And when she did it, she was they were working on these ideas that they had to try to get dolphins to recreate human words. Like, but the dolphins. Even if they're in it as intelligent as we are, right. which they might be, who yeah. knows? They don't have the ability to make the sounds that we make because they they have like they don't have lips. They have big they fat tongue. Yeah, they they have a weird way of making noises. <laughs> yeah, so they they would say, she, the dolphin came super close to saying hello. Right, came really close to it. It's kind of weird when you hear it too. There was a movie done where they were talking to the dolphins and they and it was like yeah, she had a sexual relationship. You're pulling that up. Pa. I was gonna get to that, Jamie. Ma loves pa. This Do you remember is, that movie? Yes. This is why they canceled it. Um, uh oh. This is, it says a woman in a waterproofed house. In 1964, a woman lived in a waterproof house with a, with a dolphin called Peter. Tried to teach him English and had a sexual relationship with him. Oh my. Sort of. She would jerk him off because he would get super horny. And that's all he would want to do is fuck. And he was confusing and it was interfering with the research. Right. So she didn't think there was anything wrong with jerking off this dolphin. Yeah, I don't either. Look. There's nothing wrong with it. Hey, it's it's like they live together. But what? Why are we so weird about sexual pleasure? Like, what the fuck is that, man? We're so weird. It is a weird. It's very complicated. It's the driving force of all of us, and yeah. it's you know, it's it's uh, bented and twisted, and it's pure and it's nice and it's it's a weird thing. Right. But if you have a friend, like I had a friend who used to jerk off his dog with his foot. <laughs> Who doesn't have that friend? He, he go, I go, for real? Like, you touched with your foot? He goes, I have my sock on. And I said, what did you do? He goes, he goes, his fucking dog's, dog's horny. So I put my foot on his dick, and I rubbed it back and forth, and he came all over his stomach. I was, seriously? Oh, no. And he goes, yeah. He felt better. And I go, you know what, man? I think it's me. I don't think it's you. I think it's me. I think it's me with the stupid problem in my head about it. But the dog likes it. You mean, how come you can scratch behind the dog's ears where he can't reach, and that's okay? You know, yeah, well, but how come you can't rub his dick? <laughs> Have you yeah. ever touched your dog's dick accidentally when you're rubbing his belly? My dog has a vagina. Okay. And um, I've never touched it. No, never accidentally? No. Well, no, I don't think so. I've touched my dog's dick a hundred times and he's only five months old. Well, it's, it's flying all over the place. Mine's only <laughs> nine months old and uh, she's in the vet right now, actually. I got a, I got a call. Her, I left in a... It could have been a snake. Could it have been a snake? That's the oh, text. Oh, did she get She's bit? just looking swollen. Yes. She's looking puffy and this swollen. This is rattlesnake season. This happens all the time. Uh, what kind of dog do you have? A lab? Black lab? Very possible she got bit. My dog's been bit many times. Really? Yeah. My, my the, the, the two dogs that had been bit are dead now. But they, um, they one dog got bit, and I took him to the vet, and he, I knew he got bit. Uh -huh. But he didn't swell up yet. 
Right. And, uh, I took him to the vet. He was so excited because he'd killed the rattlesnake. He was all fired up. And did um, you know he had killed the rattlesnake? Oh yeah. Oh you, you, yeah. Okay. It was a disaster. Oh really? Yeah. Once he got it. Once it bit him, he's like, "Fuck you!" He just <laughs> tore this thing apart. Oh, nice. Um, that was Frank Sinatra. That was my dog named Frank. Oh, what great a great dog. That's great awesome. Dog. But uh, he wasn't swollen when I brought him to the vet. And when I got him home, he started swelling up. Uh-huh. So like a half hour later, it started swelling up. And then it just gets like to these cartoonish proportions where half their face is hanging off. Yeah, it's. Uh, she was just acting a little weird this morning. And, you know, we have a yard. So like, I don't know, maybe something got into the backyard. I don't know. But she all of a sudden, her eye was a little puffy. And uh, I said to my wife, look at her eyes. Does she look a little weird? And she's like, I think she's having a reaction. So we brought her into the vet on my way here, and uh, they rushed her right in, and they're like, good thing you got her here early, and they're going to work on her, so I don't mm. know what's up. But we're my... trying to figure, uh, we, um, can they get sick from eating raccoon feces? You ever hear that? Uh, I would not imagine it would be good for you. I know, because we had a trainer that was like, she's not eating that, is she? Or I'm like, no, I mean, is that a big deal? I mean, she eats everything. Right, she's like dog. a goat, yeah. I'm like, is I, that's the only thing I could think of, because I couldn't... Well, there's definitely got to be something in that. I mean, raccoons have to have parasites. They're wild animals. Yeah, it's got to have like some weird... Yeah. Back- well, they're wild animals, too, and they eat animals. So as soon as an animal's eating other animals, that's when shit gets weird. Right. You know, like if a wild animal... Like, you could eat a deer raw. Right. And there'd be no problem at all. Oh, the, yeah? Yeah, the real problem is animals that eat animals. Oh. I mean, oh, you mean could, because the deer doesn't eat animals? Right. So I mean, you're the deer, okay. The deer could get a parasite. And deers have gotten worms before. I've heard of people that and got Lyme deers disease. that had worms. No, no, no. That's just the ticks. Cause severe inflammatory reactions. Whoa. Yeah, that's not really it. Yeah, it's, it's got specific roundworm in the Severe inflammatory. Oh, maybe. Oh. Will migrate to other organs, including the brain. Oh, jeez. Ugh. Well, I, I've had dogs that had worms before that were coming out of their butt. Like, they'd, they'd poop, yeah. and as they would walk away, you would see worms literally crawling out of their butt, and you're like, oh, okay. And you're Houston. like, I should have whacked you off when we had the chance. <laughs> you would be so confused. <laughs> Let me put on a sock. Get over here, Sinatra. Yeah, parasitic relationships. Uh, it's a, <laughs> like when you think about how many dogs have worms. I mean, yeah. That is like one of the number one things you got to do with your dog. Get it dewormed. Yeah. It happens I know. so often. Oh, so often. Just eating shit. They eat everything. <laughs> everything. My dog ate a magnet. You know how they have those magnets where you stack magnets on uh, top? Yeah. Like kids play with them. Those it's are a strong. fucking thick ass heavy magnet. Yeah. I found it in his shit. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised it came out. Yeah, it came out. It came right out. I mean, dogs. <laughs> Intestinal tract is made out of barbed wire. You know, things just go right it's through. So it. gross! It's so disgusting. He shits, and all of a sudden, a metal roller skate <laughs> comes up to the shit, just starts rolling. Up. He's the, Ting. He's oh, the, the nastiest dog I've ever had. In terms this of like new eating, one? eating his own shit. This he, new one? Yeah, he tries to eat his own shit. Well, he doesn't anymore. He stopped, but I'm sure he has like recently. But for the most part, he does. It's he's, weird. He leaves it alone. But when he was a puppy, like when I had just got him, when he's a few weeks old, yeah, he would take a shit and literally trying to bite the <laughs> shit as it's coming out of his ass. <laughs> He'd be turning. <laughs> you would have to like grab him to keep him from eating this shit as it was coming out of his like, ass. He thought it was like a Mr. Softy machine. <laughs> It was so disturbing. I can't believe it comes it right so out of my disturbing. ass. <laughs> it's like, look, man, I love you, but you got to stop doing this. Why, Joe? You want get a cone? Get a cone? Come on. 
But the good thing is it made me like really diligent about scooping poop up in the yard. Yeah. I had to, like dive on that. Oh, like, you yeah. got to get it up quick. You know, quick. Let them. So we, we, we bought like a special trash can that you just, you know, my other dogs we, know We're going through shit. the same thing. We're going yeah. through the same thing. How old is he? He's a baby. He's five months old. Yeah, we're at nine months. Yeah, babies. They're is babies. this one that's in the hospital a baby? Yeah, nine oh. months. Yeah. Yeah, I hope she's okay. She I comes she home with, like, bit. mystery shit on her head. <laughs> we're like, where did you even get this? Just walks in all happy to see you with a big blob of shit right on, his, on her head. I killed a rattlesnake a month ago. You did? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's on a walkway. Like, right where I was walking. I was like, fuck this. By your house? Yeah, by a friend's house, actually. How'd you kill it? Stomped on it. Just went up and stomped, didn't it try yeah. and bite you? No, I got to it before it got to me. Oh, really? Yeah. It wasn't a big <laughs> rattlesnake, but it's dead. What, what kind of shoe wear were you wearing? <sighs> I don't remember. It had to be a nice boot. It was definitely not a wise move. No! No, it was just something in me, like, said, <laughs> like, first of all, my friend would want me to kill this. He doesn't want a fucking rattlesnake in his yard where his kids live. Right. And second of all, um... I think I could do it right now. It was one of those things. Like, I yeah. think this snake is slipping on me. He's not looking. And it doesn't know. Because most people are not going to just stomp your fucking head if you're a rattlesnake. Yeah. But I was like, that is the move right now. Just try that. Yeah, the rattlesnake's instinct is humans run from me. Yeah. And it's it's like, yeah, kind of, you, see, some people tell you you're not supposed to do it. Okay. And I understand what they're saying. Like, I would not want all the rattlesnakes to die. I'm not a rattlesnake hater. But I have rules. And if you get yeah. into my house, if you're a snake and you're in my house, I'm going to fucking kill you for sure. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And it's not my house, but I mean, it was in front of my friend's house and he has kids. That's a dead snake. Yeah, kill that snake. That's, I personally would not have done it. But it was a garter snake? It was like, I've seen those. I don't bother them. But no, they're not going to, what, are they going to gum you to death? No, but this guy also has little dogs too. Those dogs get jacked. Maybe she got bit by a snake. Oh, dude, easily. Easily, easily. could have happened. I've had three dogs bit by rattlesnakes in California. Yeah, they're all over. I almost got bit by one. I was I was hiking down a little trail. I might have said this last time. I was walking down a trail, and uh, my wife was behind me, and uh, it was a narrow part, and I just came around a corner, and the thing just went whoosh. Oh, dude. Struck right at me, and I just backed off. <laughs> I just ran right past my wife. She's like, why are we running? And they came back, and it was pissed off, like, at the edge of the trail in this little bush. And uh, I just threw rocks at it and ran past it. God, I could have got you. I could, then, totally. Then what now, this is, now, that's the thing. And I'm still not clear on it. We're two miles up in the mountain. They say you're not supposed to move, or else you'll get it pumping through your system. Oh, Jesus. Do you make a tourniquet? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I still I should have learned since then, but... The idea that my wife would have like carried me out doesn't make sense. It's that she real... would go for help right. is kind of tough. You know, two-mile hike down the mountain and back. They make snake-proof boots. You should look into them. Maybe snakes like you. Maybe you're like one of those people that like people like mosquitoes. Like mosquitoes like people. Yeah. You know, like I could be right <laughs> next to you and get me. bit by all the mosquitoes. <laughs> Everywhere I go, there's rattlesnakes. These aren't bothering you guys. Bread you cook. You just <laughs> yeah. smell good. Oh, I brought you bread. Oh, thank I... you. Ooh. Now, I know, uh, I know you don't really eat it and i don't want to mess with your uh, avocado and elk thing i eat it occasionally but look at look at the bag that i have okay i have these bags now paper bags this is how much they are perfectly shaped for these bread oh Ooh. look at that it does look really good but if uh just came out this morning look at that beautiful well, that smells amazing yeah 
But I figured this is if, art. You're even doing if you, art. Even if you don't want to eat it, give it to your family. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll eat a piece of that for a sure. A little bri- a little butter. Oh. I'll give it to the family tonight. I've Thank perfected you, sir. my method since I was here last. Wow. You Dude. know what's really intense? What? With that bread? Did you ever hear of a gentleman's breakfast? No. Oh. It comes from England. Oh, London. Yeah? Is it like blood sausage or something? Mm, not as intense. You take uh, butter at night, let it soften on the on the counter. Chop up garlic and anchovies. Mix it all together into the butter. Put it in the fridge. In the morning, you toast some of that delicious sourdough bread. A thick layer of that butter on it with some eggs on the side. It's called a gentleman's breakfast. Wow. There's something about first thing in the morning. Garlic, anchovy, butter. It's dangerous. Oh, it's so good. It's a bold choice. You don't give so, a fuck about your breath. No, you're not. You don't want to be near people. <laughs> you don't want to be near people for a good right? day. You might have just eradicated your morning <laughs> breath. Yeah. You brushed your teeth, and then you got down with this. It sounds nasty, but I'm telling you, it is the most delicious thing I've ever had. It sounds amazing. I want to do amazing. it Amazing. Anchovies, garlic, and what else? Garlic, anchovies, and butter. That's it? Just That's those it. three things? Those th- let it soften. Mix it all together. Chop up the anchovies and the garlic really fine. Throw it all in there. Do you know what will ruin you? If you get real anchovies. Like, you ever get Not real anchovies? Yeah, like fresh anchovies, like in Italy? No. Oh. I mean, maybe in a dish of something, but... Yeah, I've gotten fresh anchovies and fresh sardines. Oh. Fresh sardines fresh are amazing. Sicily. Amazing. You go, with this? Wait a minute, this is what a sardine tastes yeah. like? <laughs> it's not all covered in... Goo? Thick paint-like oil. Yeah. Mustard. Yeah. So fresh anchovies. I, I've never... Ooh, that would make the gentleman's breakfast even better. I bet it would. Yeah, like when you get like a really good um, Caesar salad at a really good restaurant, and they do it by the table. The you know, real the man old with the school. Yeah. And it takes like 10 minutes. He's yeah. there working on that thing in front of you. That'd be like, yeah, that's a real old school move, right? Like it's a yeah. Musso and Frank's type thing. That's right. They yeah. don't. Yeah. Oh, I love Musso and Frank's. <laughs> oh. Is that place 100 years old? It's the oldest restaurant in L.A. Yeah, I think it's 100 years old. I think you're right. I think it's like 1915 or something like that. Yeah. You get a martini in that place. It is just, it's just perfect. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Oh, it's all old school stuff. Old school the, steaks. They put it in a tiny glass instead of these giant glasses like they use now. It's a smaller glass, and then they give you the extra in ice on the side of your glass. Mm. Oh, those guys! And they little any place that has a seventy-year-old guy waiting on you in a uniform. Look at that. Steak. Yeah, that guy. Then Come you know on. you're in good shape. Let's go there. Come on. Let's go we for should. steaks there we one night. We should go for dinner. We, we should. should. We should. We should go before the store. Yes. Like, go for steaks. Yes. Get a bunch of guys together. Yes. Why don't you even let a girl come? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> no, the problem is girls don't really like it there. I've taken girls there. They My wife included. And eh, they're not that into it. They don't like an old man's pickle fingers <laughs> giving you your meat. <laughs> something about that turns the ladies off. But it's I, funny though those places that still have that kind of there's like you can't fake that in a mall. You no. know, you know what I mean. You uh-huh. couldn't have like a new Musso and Frank's. Yeah, there's like uh, what's the uh, Rayos in New York? It's like five tables. It's hard to get into. Yeah. It's like where Joe Torre eats with Derek Jeter and Giuliani. Is this the inside? Yeah. This is Musso and Frank's. That's Musso. Yeah. God, that looks awesome. Oh, that I've looks sat at that so bar good. with a couple friends. I've sat in that booth, like the curve booth at the back. 
with what my is, wife and a friend. What's that one steakhouse in New York where they hang pipes from the ceiling? Is it called Keen's? What is it called? Keen's. Keen's? The clay pipes. Is that the name of it? Yes. Am I saying the right name? Keen's. K-E-A-N-E. Phenomenal steakhouse. <sighs> and um, for some reason, like back in the day, like famous people would bring their pipe and they, they would, would hang the pipe on the wall. They would give you a pipe. They would give you a clay pipe, and they have pipes that from everyone that smoked them there, Einstein, Patton, Roosevelt, yeah. all of these people, and they and the place is covered with it. And then I roll in there for the first time in 2001 when the smoking ban has gone into effect, and you're not allowed to smoke a pipe in this legendary place. I felt so... Cheated. Cheated. Like when I be like when I went through puberty and AIDS showed up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like why us? <laughs> why can't I smoke and put my pipe next to Albert Einstein's? Yeah, when I oh. was when I was like sixteen or seventeen, if I remember correctly, they raised the drinking age to twenty one. It used to be eighteen. Yeah. Is that that's right? right. Is that right? That's right. Eighteen I to twenty one. Just missed it. We did just miss it. Wow, look at these. Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth's pipe. Pee Wee Herman. Now, let me. What? <laughs> Different kind of pipe. <laughs> wow. Theodore Roosevelt's pipe? Holy Look at shit. That. And then we roll in there and we're not allowed. Come on. I know. That's kind of weak. I understand cleaning up the city and stopping people from having cancer. Buffalo but one Bill's place, pipe. Holy one shit. night. Buffalo Bill's pipe. Buffalo Bill's They have pipe. a beautiful nude behind the bar too yeah this huge painting Keens? yeah Keens. it's a beautiful painting of this beautiful look at that nude. one ceiling that one ceiling we see all the pipes jamie look at that look that's at that. crazy that's crazy yeah shouldn't joe rogan's pipe be up there no it's would be faking it i've only been there twice i know but and i've only smoked a pipe once on this show i like a, I, have some I like a nice pipe once in a while what happened to pipe smoking where'd it go i don't know because they're uh they're so much more pleasant to people that are around you. Like a cigar drives everyone out of the room. I love cigars, but I like cigars, they're, but they're rude. But uh, you smoke a pipe, the the ladies aren't as offended. Why is that? Because it's more aromatic. It's, it's perfumey. It's, it's a gentleman's craft. Mm. Mm. I have a pipe in my uh, in my little pencil case. I have a pipe right here. I just bro. take it out. I don't smoke it. I just walk around with it. I'm gonna pack one in right now. Good for you. Look at these guys with their pipes. They're Look at long that. Pipes. No weed, huh? Why All can't tobacco. we be like that? I don't know. What happened to us? I don't know. We become a bunch of babies. Such babies. I'm worried about cancer. I understand trying to help people with the cancer <laughs> and all that, but not at that one place. Can't Keen still smoke? There should be places that you could go that are like a club. Right? I go to the Soho Cigar Bar when I'm in New York. That's a nice little spot. I've I've smoked there with Chappelle and uh, Alan Havy, Robert Kelly. It's a great hang. You go and you sit like gentlemen. Like gentlemen. Like gentlemen, and yeah. you just discuss your life and you meditate after the day. It's yeah. a beautiful thing. Yeah. You could do that in a cigar bar. Like yeah. This is a, a place that I go, you can order food and you can smoke cigars. It's great. It's amazing. It's a good, good restaurant, too. That smells good. It does smell good, right? Thank you, Steven Crowder, for the lovely pipe and tobacco. Problem with the pipe is you got to keep it going. Yeah. Now, could you, whenever you see at the improv and stuff, that picture of Jay Leno with his pipe? In the old days, when he was playing the improv That's like right. we are, he, he would smoke. Around. He would carry his pipe around. Whoa! Could someone pull that off? Could somebody do that today? You'd have to do a lot of drugs. 
You'd have to be like that Hunter S. Thompson guy that does so much drugs, he'll let you have a cigarette holder. <laughs> right. Remember when Hunter S. Thompson used to rock a cigarette holder? Yeah. Nobody else rocked a cigarette With holder. Dunhills in the end. Yeah. He did it because he was just so far out there that yeah. everybody's like, it's fine. Right. It's, it's real. I guess you'd have to have really kick-ass material. Like you you'd couldn't be hacky barrier, with a pipe. Yeah. yeah, Chris Rock could rock a pipe. Yeah, if you have killer, <laughs> killer material, you could have a, you could do whatever. Uh, you I would want. like Chris Rock now that he's divorced to go on stage with one of those Hugh Hefner velour jackets on, <laughs> or velvet, right? It'd be velvet, a velvet yeah. jacket on, smoking jacket, with a smoking pipe. I have one of those. Do you? Uh, yeah, it's a red from Brooks Brothers. It's nice, nice smoking, deep pockets. Like you put nice. all your pipes and your. Lighters in it. Hot do as you, hell. Uh, do you walk around your house like in your underwear with a robe on ever? Uh, yeah. Do you? Closed, but yeah. I wear a robe. Because <laughs> it's, it's all girls in my right. in my place. It's weird to... Yeah. At what age is it inappropriate for your kids to see your dick? Uh, I would say... It's legit For question. boys, no age. For boys, no age. For boys, no age. For uh, girls. For girls, um, I'm going to say like three, four like Whoa. three, four is a pretty. Really? They would climb into the shower and and like point and laugh. So after that, you don't little... even let them look at it. They can't see it. No. What if you climb out of the shower and they're right there? Do you hide? Yeah, like when I come out of the shower, I've got to walk down this little hallway, and that door is sometimes open, and it's towards my daughter's rooms, and uh, I'm really conscious of. And it's such a weird. Th I catch myself a lot. I'm totally naked, but as long as I put everything in my palm of my hand that would be okay if they happen to catch me dude my isn't that weird my seven-year-old stands in front of the shower door points at my dick and laughs <laughs> at seven goes, ah! <laughs> yeah my youngest is hilarious she's really funny man she's just like she's, all she wants to do is go for the laugh like all the time yeah. she's constantly just going for the laugh and that's her thing is that she's like really silly yeah and so, like, she's, like, really silly at school. She's really silly at home. That's my little one. She just loves having fun. Yeah. Know? Good student. Yeah, she's real good. She's a great kid. It's just really interesting to see kids grow up without the same kind of, like, financial pressure that I grew up with mm -hmm. or that probably you grew up with, too, or the, the not the same kind of weirdness in the house. Yeah, there's not, like, when the dad isn't, it's, it's dad. Yeah. It's when dad's not freaking out. That, right? That, too. And also, you know, I just think people know more about people now. Oh, I, I think yeah. our parents didn't even have a chance. No. They were trying they didn't even understand themselves, let yeah. alone understand time with you and what was gonna make you feel good. And most likely they were crazy young. Like how old were your yeah, parents? Twenty. Like, yeah. My mom was twenty or twenty well, she was twenty when she got pregnant and twenty one when she had me. Yeah. If I can go back and think about when I was twenty, if somebody told me how to raise a kid at twenty. Yeah. Oh my god, I'd have a so grown up psychopath right now that yeah. I'm trying to manage, dude. I'm sorry, <laughs> I got the whole thing wrong. I don't know how we can redo this. I think about that sometimes. Like you really have to let. I let. I let my parents off the hook all the time now, just in my memories because, like, when my dad said that to me, he was yeah. like, he was 28. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. He had no idea. When and he was 28 before the internet. Yeah, I think 28 today is way more knowledgeable. Yeah, I mean, there's pockets of flat earthers and shit out there that ruin a curve, but <laughs> right. other than that, 28 today is way more knowledgeable, I think, than 28 of and, 20 years ago. And yet, so much more immature. Maybe some in some ways, but I think that's generalizing. I mean, I think it's really hard to say people today because yeah. you're talking about so many people. You're talking about 350 million people. Yeah, but you know, the idea that people were like men and women were raising families, doing all their 
hard work, doing all that like very adult stuff. Right. There's an adolescence now that's extended until you're like mid thirties. That's true. You know what I mean? It's like they yeah. may not be as intelligent because they don't have as much they didn't have as much knowledge and stuff, but they were grown ups. There was a distinction like I'm doing grown up shit now. Do you think that's almost like an evolutionary course, like life gets easier and then people learn more about stuff, but they don't have the same sort of physical resolve that people did back in the old days where they had to work harder? Yeah, maybe. And also, I mean, it's kind of like the two kind of go together. It and almost seems like there's a direction that people are moving into. Yeah, and think about it. You know, back then people were dying at 60, right. 70. Now if you're living to 100, why shouldn't your 20s be a little more mm. adolescent? Yeah, because you're going to live so much longer. Well, apparently the live longer thing, a big a big part of what the live longer thing is, they um, they reduced a lot of infant mortality, and a lot of it is like the average of how people die. It's also infections when you're younger, uh -huh. and, and all sorts of things before medical science. But the actual age that people live to hasn't really changed as much as people think. Really? Yeah, I thought it did too. But it's what it really is is that didn't Chris Ryan explain that to us? I believe it was Doctor Chris Ryan, mm -hmm. PhD. Oh, author of Sex at Dawn, oh. uh, good friend, know him well. Um, <laughs> but he, I, I believe he was the one who educated us on that. That what what's going on is that you're counting in infant mortality. Um, like it used to be, like if people got an infection, like a blood infection before antibiotics, guess what? You're dead. Right. You know, I mean, you get septic. Yeah. Guess what? You're dead. Yeah. Tetanus. Just, yeah, you're dead. Rabies. You're dead. Snake you just, bite. Yeah, you're dead. Everybody's dead. But yeah, but aren't people living like aren't there's more like I don't, 90 year old people aren't there? I don't I would like to find that out. Let's find out Jim. It also is probably cultural like You know when I was in Africa, I was talking to a guy who was 50 and he was acting like he was at the end of his life Just matter-of-factly just stoically. He's like I don't have much time, you know and for people in the Maasai They don't live that long. Yeah, because lions <laughs> live around fucking lions. Yeah. Yeah. If you're 50 and you haven't been eaten yet, you're like, holy shit. What a, what a great run I've gone on. The gods have smiled upon me. I will continue. Cecil has not taken my life. This is the, uh, this was uh, March of 2016. It said for the first time in human history, I guess, people who are 65 and older will surpass those under five. So there'll be more people that are older than there are that are younger. So people are staying alive, but right. um, are they living Lasting. longer? Uh, so would you know what I'm saying? Is that like, the same? I know, no, like, no, they're not living longer to like a hundred years old. But there's more people that are alive that are 65. So it's like people are staying alive, but are they living longer? Like, what is the long age that people live? Like, if you don't die of something, if you just die of old age, what is that number? And has that number moved? Yeah, I think that number. Isn't that funny but, that we just fixate on that? When do I die? It's When's heavy, the man. The movie, man. You ever watch Netflix and you accidentally hit the remote and you see it like there's 48 minutes left and you're like, fuck, now I know. Yes. I could have just been locked into this movie <laughs> enjoying it for what it is. Now yeah. I'm saying, okay, 48 minutes. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of have to pee. Should I hold it? Should I pause? Like, <laughs> and sometimes you feel shitty about yourself when you check. You're like, I'm I really know. enjoying this. Why do I have to know? Because we're retarded. <laughs> I, I, I feel bad sometimes if I check my phone and there's nothing on it. I'm like, why did I even do that? Yeah. I got it. Like, if you just obsessively, like, look at your phone and see if you got a text. Why? <laughs> I, it's the worst. Why? This phone thing is such a, a life suck. It is. Sometimes.
But again, it's also something that just needs to be managed because it's a, ma a, a major connection to news. It's, you know what's uh, fucked up, I man? I get the uh, Time Magazine alerts. Yeah. And I get uh, New York Times alerts. You, 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 I, don't, I don't have the alerts. I'll have the swipe left and see it. I have alerts for uh, certain breaking news things. And for days, it was just Trump. <laughs> yeah. And so every time my phone would vibrate, I take a deep breath. I'm like, please don't tell me we're at war. I know. I'm like, look at my phone. Please don't tell me he dropped a nuke. Please don't tell me some new Russia shit has gone down. Every day, it's some new Russia shit. Every day. It was, it was so rapid fire. Like those last two weeks before yeah. he took off on his vacation or his, his world tour. Well, you know. It was nonstop. There's something that was just revealed um, that's really interesting that James Comey has said that he ended the Hillary Clinton investigation early because there was some evidence that was introduced against her that was clearly counterfeit and from yeah. Russia. Yeah. And so he didn't want that evidence to leak. Excuse me. That's, How crazy is that? I know. Well, that's what I heard. I heard some congressman on um, Face the Nation say that. He said, this is why, this is what is going get, to get scary about all these leaks and stuff. He goes, they're taking the information from the emails from people say like you know the emails from the dnc or whatever yeah and they're leaving 99 percent of it perfect and they put just one little line in that says something that's heinous or says something about somebody doing something right toward or something and they put that out mm -hmm. that's more dangerous than just in the old days you're just trying to like launch some big story now they just bury this one little item in this huge dump of information yeah how do you sift through that how do you yeah i don't like know when if you, you do. read something and it's been leaked to wikileaks how do they know that it hasn't been altered exactly is that is that something that they do checks on do you know find that well, out. that's what See the if... comey thing it's like but it took right. a long time you know in the initial dump it was like they're just going through it and what's this right but it takes a long time to sift through it and see if that's really a true story or not because that the would truth be is like bubblegum right now yeah i mean it's that crazy would, uh, that would be an amazing feat if they could verify 100 percent the veracity of these emails that are being leaked mm -hmm. they could probably verify the sources yeah but whether or not they could verify that this hasn't been altered in any way, I don't know. Maybe we'll we, we just there. don't understand the technology. Maybe they can do that. They'll probably get there. I mean, they've got to be working on it. What the fuck, though? That's, that's my whole philosophy with everything in life right now is someone's working on that, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is so crazy. Where's the, the nuclear waste going to go? Someone's working on that. Well, they have, they have been working on that. Yeah. They're trying to figure out a way to use it for fuel. That would be cool. They think they can do it, too. They think we're, you know, who knows how long away from using all of our nuclear waste as fuel. Ooh. For yeah. like a... I don't know. A rocket ship? I don't know. They were talking about using, making batteries with it out of diamonds. Remember that? They were talking about using nuclear radiation from nuclear waste to charge diamonds as batteries. That's some Star Trek stuff. I know. It sounds like total right? horseshit. Where you have like this one little orb of stuff in the pirate. I need a second Jamie, a standby Jamie. <laughs> to Google I'm reading right now. It, it seems like they can't. It, it just says like they can't actually confirm authenticity of the stuff they're getting. They can't. Oh, if the email. Yeah. So WikiLeaks. Stuff. So when WikiLeaks gets an email, they can't necessarily or guarantee the veracity. Independently confirm it. Ooh. But then boy. they did at some point. Like at the, the the they couldn't with the Hillary stuff in the beginning, but. At a certain like now, Comey's. Oh man, yeah. It's well, weird. Comey's saying that one thing seemed to be uh, counterfeit. So one thing being counterfeit is like, okay, how do you know? Like, well, they're not going to release how they know yet. Right. 
there's there's a whole crazy constant bunch information going to go on with him and this you know the Owen investigation Mueller? against yeah. Trump. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's big stuff. It's big, weird, big time stuff. It's weird. I don't know how weird it is. I mean, I really feel like, I feel like Trump was running. He didn't know he's going to win. They were just like. You know, they're still he's still a businessman. They're dealing with Russia and they're doing with all this stuff. They weren't thinking like politicians like this might look bad one day. Then holy shit, he gets through and the momentum carries and now he's the guy. Now it's like, oh, so Manafort probably shouldn't have promised made that deal with them and you know, like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like all this other he kinda got caught up because he just wasn't he was a businessman. He was doing that stuff. But he definitely wanted to win. You know, you don't think he expected to win? I don't think he expected to win. No, he's still talking about it like, holy shit, I won. <laughs> he says it every every time you ask him a question, you'll be like, so what do you think about palm trees? Should we save those? I don't know, but, you know, it's really hard for a Republican to win the Electoral College, but I did it. Did you see the map? I just put up a map in my office yeah, about isn't it. isn't that just because he likes to congratulate himself? Partially, but yeah. he's also a little in awe. Like. Boy, I don't see it that way. No? I see him as extremely self-congratulatory. Did you see a you... part of his whole shtick? Like when he talks about a television show, he'll say how oh, it's number one because he watches it. Right. You know? All the ratings. <clears throat> Did you see him shove the guy out of the way? Yeah. The st- <laughs> what the fuck was that about? He's, he pushed him, the man. guy out of the way and then straightened his jacket like a guy in a movie. And when he pushed him out of the way, he grit his teeth like, get the fuck out of here. Wow. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> He's so nuts. It's yeah. so weird. Who's the guy he pushed out of the way? Weird. He's the um, the leader of Montenegro, <clears throat> oh who's God. just coming into the European Union. So he's there, like this is my first time with all the with the whole EU. This is my first time being here, and they're <laughs> coming out for a photo, and he sh- Trump shoves them out of the way, and they're so like straightens his thing, like I'm all right. This orb weird. The the glowing the glowing terrorism. the ta- counter te- terrorism globe. I'm trying to find the. F- <laughs> he, have you seen the? The photo from the other angle, like what shows what they're looking at, like all the desks and the crazy seat, like no, no. but I'll it just it it's the the fucking picture is preposterous. That's everything that every conspiracy. Go back to the picture. <laughs> right. yeah, it's yeah. everything every conspiracy theorist is fucking terrified about. You're right. There's a dude behind him who's dressed in traditional Arab garb. <laughs> yeah, right. So, the he's Saudi touching. Guy. Yeah, the Saudi guy who's probably worth a trillion dollars. He's touching the globe. The other guy, where's he from? With his perfect suit and his Iranian face. Yeah. <laughs> right? He looks like a Middle Eastern gentleman also. He's yeah. touching that globe. Then Trump, with his expensive suit on, his crazy hair, he's touching that globe. I mean, this and looks the light like coming chaos. up from underneath like a scary camp It's a fucking story. movie, man. This is a movie. <laughs> I know, it's they're, so... touch, they're holding on to a globe at the same time, and it's glowing. It's so weird. This is a comic book. I know. It really is. It's a comic book. This is a scene in Star Wars. <laughs> what the fuck is that? That's so crazy. Like, why do that? I don't do you think know. Obama would hold on to that globe? No. I think Obama would be like, "Hold on, what are we doing?" <laughs> right. Oh, uh, the globe—it's glowing. Okay. And what does that represent? Oh, I think we're gonna pass on the globe. Why is it? Why is it glowing? Do right. we have an explanation for this? Exactly. Can we yeah. take this? Uh, let's take a picture by the fountain instead. Fuck, man. <laughs> just—it's all of it. It's just it's so odd. It's so odd. 
It's a big oil grab. Now I understand why dudes are out there with the fucking metal detector, man. Simplify life. <laughs> Just looking for shiny rocks and Joe, metal and shit. I am telling you, this bread obsession of mine <laughs> is, it, it, if things are going well, I'm probably not making as much bread. But to just go in simply and just be making bread oh. with the news off and just put on some Bob Marley and just go and make bread and give it to my friends and family, it's a calming thing in these chaotic yeah. times. I'm not, And I'm not, I, you know, it's corny, but I'm not trying to be corny, but I really believe that back to basic it seems like people are just like, let's just simplify things. This is out of whack. Totally. Let me just. Well, bread is a task, right? You know, you've got yeah. your ingredients, you know what to do. And if you do all the things that you're supposed to do, it'll come out this delicious, amazing food that you can eat. Yeah. And yet it's elusive. Like it's, you have to tend it's to a, it. And it's a craft. Yeah. You right. Have to learn it. Right. So this task, it becomes this thing that your mind is fixated on and you can f fill your consciousness with the nuances of this task yeah and not think about all the bullshit like these fucking weirdos grabbing globes <laughs> right exactly making shit. weird oil deals all over the what place what was the other question that we were asking about when we were trying i was trying to double jamie you? montenegro um, well the death the average oh. age of death I'm oh yeah oh sure, yeah which i didn't really get to yet i just saw 78.8 is what it hasn't changed from 78.8 for men? Yeah, but I think that's still based off of that infant mortality thing added into it. Too. Right. Yeah, I think that's always added into it. This is just like right out of like a James Bond. Totally. This is like X-Men. That's like Star Wars. Like Look you expect Darth Vader to like be at the end of that and the guy comes in after his uh, to give the report on what happened. Seriously though, could you imagine being Trump? A guy who used to host a reality show on NBC. <laughs> yeah. He's a successful businessman. You know, he's a well-known guy, but... I mean, how much of that is a ramp up between you or I or a lot of people that we know that are famous? Like, right. How much of it is it like Jerry Seinfeld? Is Donald Trump a ramp up in popularity over Jerry Seinfeld? I guess he is now that he's now. the president. But when Jerry was on TV and Trump was on, it's, they're kind of commensurate. You could yeah. see like Jerry Seinfeld being president is what my point is. Sure. Ronald go Reagan. Back, go back to that original picture that we were just looking at just a couple frames ago. Now go and think of a guy, yeah, like this. Go full screen on this fucking thing. Imagine Jerry Seinfeld, and all of a sudden Seinfeld gets invited <laughs> to this League of Nations thing. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a superhero comic book scene in, yeah. in one of those movies. I mean, there's a goddamn picture of the Earth that's a light that's on the wall. <laughs> All the light on the floor is blue. There's little spotlights everywhere. It's all freaky and clean and perfect. There's these little screens in front of every chair. Like, what the fuck is this? This is where all the world's decisions get made? Yeah. It looks like the, uh, what's the Peter Sellers movie when they, with the bomb? Doctor Strangelove? It looks like yeah. Doctor Strangelove. Exactly. It looks like exactly. Doctor Strangelove. <laughs> well, just, I mean, why would we expect them to make more sense than us? Yeah. That's the thing about world leaders. Like, they're just people. And they're people that have an extraordinary amount of power with not nearly as much oversight. Right. In most countries, right? In most of these, like, Middle Eastern countries and most of these, I mean, they don't really have to fucking tell people what they're doing. They do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, for sure. In a lot of these places that we have relationships with, they have crazy human rights violations. Yeah. I mean, you get, look, you, get, you have to deal with, you know, good and bad. You can't really... I know, but look at that, man. Imagine someone like Seinfeld there. <laughs> Imagine if he won. Like, what if Seinfeld became president? Right. And he's like, this is crazy. What is this globe? <laughs> what are we doing with this thing on the wall? <laughs> well, I can't find I'm... my translator. <laughs> Trump is, he's, I mean, we, we always think of, like, politicians the same way I used to think about celebrities before I met a few of them. Yeah. 
You meet right. him and you go, oh, it's just a dude. He's just oh, a dude. Right. He's just a guy. Yeah, just a guy. Yeah. yeah just, just so happens, happens to be there. They become famous. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of the same way with politicians. We've always thought of people. That's one of the reasons why we've almost like allowed them a certain amount of leeway when it comes to insincerity and, mm -hmm. you know, getting caught in corruption and lies. Like, well, there's a certain amount of like, she's a politician. Right. You know, he's a senator. Like, yeah. This is what they do. You let it slide. Yeah, you let a little bit of it slide. But if it was like a friend that was doing that you'd have like serious problems with them yeah you know <laughs> yeah but look it's things have to be a little dirty because you're dealing with everybody mm. you know you're dealing with everybody there's so many interests you gotta that's what a politician is it's a compromise it's playing both sides it's trying to get stuff done you know i think we've gone to this this absurd point of um misinterpreting good for flawless you know what I mean? Right. There right, are right. there could be good people who are, have a lot of dirty stuff going on. Yeah. No one's flawless. The yeah. idea that based on the internet we're able to get all information on everybody all the time, we can't hold people to a standard of being flawless. It doesn't exist. But I think you can be good while still making some, you know, you can't if you set that that parameter, that bar, you're never going to have people that are good enough. Yeah, and you're going to have these weirdos that have insane egos because those are the only ones that are willing to take the punishment of being criticized the way Trump's taking it right now. Yeah, you got to be. I mean, but, you know. He's taking it in a way that no one's ever taken it before. You could say he deserves it. Yeah. And I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not making a judgment call. I'm saying it is absolutely fascinating the way the media and the way people online are treating this president of the United States. It may be justified. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not arguing that it's not. Yeah. What I'm saying, though, is in, it's a very unique moment in time where you see so many people attacking the president. Yeah. Well, it's such a rush. I mean, you know, you could say I was having a discussion with my teenage daughter about navigating online stuff and seeing what people are doing. And it's almost like the president is going through the same thing that you're going through as a comedian that teenage girls are going through this is an, a flood of information and access and attacks and praise and everything from everybody all the time 24 hours a day yeah so the same way we have to navigate you know when haters and all that kind of stuff the same way kids do the president has to deal with a flood that's never been this raging before yeah i mean it is an intense intense thing and it almost is like who else but somebody built for television yeah. is is ready for this job at and this maybe time. maybe not even him. But what I was saying yeah. is that like politicians were always like a thing not like you or I. But then all of a sudden they are a thing like you or I because mm -hmm. now it's Trump. And he might not be like the average person, but he's like you or I. Yeah. You know, like I almost did his show when I was doing the reversion, the new version of uh, Fear Factor. They yeah. invited me to do it. And I thought about it for a while, but I would have had to live in New York for a few months. And uh -huh. I was like, I don't want to do that. The new and Fear I, Factor that's coming out? The old one. Oh, the old one. Like in 2011 right. or whatever yeah. the hell it was when we redid it again. Yep. But, I mean, and he that's... And you would have been a, with him. I, I put, could have been hanging out with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, he came on the marriage ref. Yeah. I sat with him on yeah. the marriage ref. We that's hung out president. backstage. He, the first thing he said when he walked into the dressing room was, we're going to get great ratings tonight. We're going to get great ratings. He was f so focused. And he was impressive. Like, he was tall. He was a dominant guy in the room. And, uh, yeah, and, I, and then I'm sitting on stage with him, and we're all talking about married couples. It was like a, like a you would show real people, and then you'd discuss their marital problems. And the celebrities would weigh in. And the whole time he's right next to me, and the whole time he's making jokes about the girl's breasts. He's just like, you know, nothing really 
Just being funny. He was being funny. And he would be like, well, you know, she's got something going for her. And then he would look at me and give me a little wink on the side. And it wasn't for the cameras. It was just for me. And it felt kind of creepy. <laughs> but it's kind. Of, but it's like he was just a dude. He's a charmer. He's sitting there with me right. in equal footing. And now he's the president of the United States. Think about how powerful. There's not one human being I don't believe in the country that doesn't have the word Trump go through their brain, whether they say it out loud or not. All day. All day. All day. Or at least a couple yeah. times a day. You know yeah. what I mean? It's so insane. Yeah. There's initial disbelief, then there was an aftershock, and now there is a waiting for the next shoe to drop. That's Every everybody's, day. Everybody's just sitting around waiting for the newest scandal. Every day. Waiting for the impeachment, waiting for the lawsuits, waiting for the jail. You just want calm. <sighs> I mean, you know, you have a great joke when you... You've been working on about uh, this isn't a job for one person. Yes. Right? Yeah. This should really should be a committee of people yeah. running this country. It's too much for somebody. And I love the joke. But I think that what his job is, what that president's job is more than anything, is to just lead people. You ha He has power. All those people in those positions, they have power. And what they say and what they do affects people. Not policy. Just the Reagan-esque How world. they carry themselves. Carry themselves, make you feel good yeah. about the direction, all yeah. that. And right now, everybody's filled with anxiety yeah. because he's not doing that part of the job well. But he still goes on Twitter and calls people losers. And you're like, wait, <laughs> it's, like, it's like a kid, like you were saying before, it's like a kid <sighs> hearing, like having a dad be batshit crazy in the yeah. house, the house is gonna be crazy. Yeah. If dad is shooting heroin and he's yeah. laying on the couch and he's covered in Cheetos and he's yelling at the wife, the whole house is gonna be freaked out. Yeah. That's what's going on. But is that the price that we have to pay to realize that our system is ridiculous? Is there any- The throwing the card yeah. table up and- Is there any value in that thought? I mean, other than the real issues with the environment, the e rolling back the standards on the EPA and all the different things he's doing that freak people out. Yeah. The, the code of access pipeline, which I don't understand enough to know whether or not they were gonna restart that anyway. I know Obama shut it down, right? And then Trump brought it back right. up again. Who knows if they had made some sort of an agreement? Yeah. You know, who knows how that works? Who knows if they, you know how that business is very yeah. dirty. It's very dirty. Totally. You know, I mean, it's you know, you you could make a case that all of this is a big oil grab, right? I mean, well, the Dakota Pipeline stuff was terrifying. Dakota Pipeline stuff. The, e the head of the EPA is an oil guy. The Secretary of State is an Exxon guy. The people he favors more than our Russian, more than our European allies are Saudi Arabia and Russia, big oil um, business partners. You could say this is just business as usual, and it's right and. The thing is, and this is what's so complex about it, it's, okay, so maybe it's an oil grab and he's getting his friends rich, but oil also is so much more than just what's coming out of our cars. We are so deep in oil, it's, it's, it's not, I'm, my whole, my, my main thing is the planet and its beauty and trying to sustain it. I'm a complete believer in climate change and all of that. But to naively say we can just shut down oil and be like we can all just move along it's so much deeper than that my my nephew is a uh, went to just graduated from school and he's big agro farming guy like that's what he wants to do with his whole life his revelation was that oil and food are so interconnected 
All of the fertilizer that's creating all of the food that we're eating every day is oil-based. He said, so you're trying to separate uh, emissions and all this stuff, but just the food that we eat is so tied to oil. We need oil. So I don't know how you fix that and how you try and make good policy about it. Well, um, there are alter alternatives to fossil fuel-based oils um, that they use to make plastics. Mm -hmm. I know that. I know they can even make plastic out of hemp. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and it's biodegradable. And they've just started to make these biodegradable um, natural fiber plastic bags that are not, they're made out of like a plant plastic. Yeah, like in the, the supermarket. Yeah. Like if you put your vegetables in those, yeah. they're supposed to. They, well, they'll, they will, when they go into the environment, they will actually biodegrade. They will become dirt again. Right, as right. As opposed to like a regular plastic bag, which probably takes like a fucking 100,000 years or <laughs> right. something. Yeah. And then birds eat it and die and choke on the <laughs> plastic caps. But apparently yeah. you can make plastic out of hemp. And it's super easy wow. to make in terms of like it regrows itself very quickly. Um, like if you have a forest and you're trying to make paper, mm -hmm. like you know you're, you're trying to make paper out of a you know you have a forest timber that you chop down specifically for paper mm -hmm. to regrow it to the point where you could grow paper again could take years. Yeah. I don't know how many years, but many years. Whereas hemp regrows itself every year. Really? Every year? Yeah. Wow. What is this right here, Jamie? This is a pl edible plastic made out of milk protein. Oh shit! That they're using for food packaging. Holy cow. Not vegan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, vegan. they're packaging like dairy products and whatnot with it, at least is what the video shows. But uh, that's I, fascinating. I just saw this video yeah, like two days ago. Wow. Well, that's like, certainly something that can be worked on. You know, the idea of biodegradable plastics would be huge. The, that's yeah. one of the, the scariest things is that we started making waste and never had a plan to do with anything, do anything with the waste, and then it's stacked up to the point where yeah. you know, we're dealing with enormous amounts of waste being put out by human beings every single second of every single Huge. day. I was just walking, I was in New York last week, just working the Comedy Cellar all week, and every night I left the club just on McDougal Street, just between Third and Bleecker, the amount of garbage that's thrown out of these restaurants and these juice places and coffee places, stacked waist yeah. high yep. all the way down the street every single day. And you see rats darting in and out of them. Oh, tons of rats. Oof. Tons of rats. Oof. They're creepy. Yeah, it's we are we are a weird creature, man. There's and, so many of us, and we're not really thinking about that. Like you, you think about how many. Like on an average day, how many water bottles do you come across in L.A.? It's Jesus the worst. Christ, there's like ten of them here in this room. I know. I feel guilty I, drinking it. I got gas this morning. I threw a bunch out of my car. I threw them into the garbage. <laughs> you gas. Know, when I got gas, you know, I threw it at the, at the garbage can at the oh, gas the, station. I was like, look how many fucking water bottles I have in my car. It's crazy. Think about how many times someone had to make plastic and how many bottles of plastic are being made, and then that plastic has to be in a landfill somewhere or, or you floating know, in, in the ocean, recycled. that giant island in the ocean. Yeah. That big plastic bottle island. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Apparently, it's not quite a, um, an island. They call it an island, but it's really just like a floating patch. Oh, yeah. But it's disgusting. It's horrible. Yeah, it's really bad. Some We're kids just figured so, out a way to fix that. There's so many people. Yeah. Just, I mean, there's so many of us. Yep. Like, I'm all for farm to table and, like, knowing where your meat comes from. Right. I get it. I want to do it. I'm trying, you know. But when you think about how many people are looking for lunch at the same time, all those mouths mm -hmm. looking to feed, I mean... You need like a McDonald's. Somebody's got to feed these people. You know what I mean? In well, a cheap you way. 
there's there's definitely an issue for yeah. sure. I don't know if you need a McDonald's, but you but need you something. Need, you need food, and there's 20 plus million people in this area that aren't growing anything yeah. other, other than the occasional pot plant, <laughs> right, right? Exactly. Maybe a fern. I have a fern in my kitchen. I'm growing my own basil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm growing my own peppers. I mean, who the fuck do you know that grows enough to live off of? I know. You can't do Nobody. it. Nobody. You can't do it unless you live on a farm. Yeah. Nobody's growing enough food to live off. I mean, not. I mean, just the people you see, like, on the 405. Yeah. I mean, just feed those people. Yep. You know what it is to have, like, on this great Memorial Day weekend, <laughs> if you're going to have some people over and have a little barbecue, you bring 10 people over, you you got you to get some food. This is some serious amount of food you need to feed 10 people. Yeah. Billions of people. And then they want to eat again in an hour. Yeah. They and they're chips. all. <laughs> Do you have <laughs> chips? Do you have any soda? Well, what kind of soda do you have? Taking dumps in your bathroom. Oh, filling up your fucking <laughs> pipes with their shit. Urgh. Think While about how much eating, shit is going eating on the bowl. Oh. Chewing on a rib and taking a dump. Think how much shit is going through under the city every minute. The comedy store um, oh. has, a, has a bathroom. There's a new bathroom they just put in. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And, uh, fancy. It backed up last night. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, they have old pipes in a new bathroom. I don't know what they did, if they replaced the pipes, but something went wrong. Oh, boy. And I walked by the uh, bathroom last night. I was like, what the fuck is that smell? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> There's something about the smell of shit outside of the water that is just so repulsive. Oh, so gross. Oh, you know? Back to the dog thing. This is a sh um, my. We were talking about our dogs like rolling and shit and stuff. My cousin's dog the other day. They had people coming to paint the house, and my cousin's wife told them, "Hey, listen, you can use our bathroom. Don't worry about go. You know, you don't have to go outside. You just it, our bathroom is your bathroom." But they didn't really speak English. They didn't really listen to her, and some guy took a dump in the bushes. <laughs> the dog. <laughs> Rolled around and it came <laughs> came running inside and she's like, uh, "What is? Uh, oh, oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> how did you get human shit on your head? How oh my god! It's human shit. <laughs> it smelled different." <laughs> <laughs> And then they went outside and looked, and they're like, you guys, use our bathroom. Oh, we're so sorry. Oh, no. Oh, my God. He's shit in the yard. And the dog is so happy. Oh. <laughs> Look what I found. These guys are great. Have you seen these guys outside? They're so great. Why does a dog want to roll in shit? What I is, don't know. What is that? <laughs> I don't know. Like, what possesses it to think that that's a good move? Uh, they're like, just so next? happy. Hmm. Oh, man, I guess I'll roll in this. No one's going to throw a ball? I'll roll in God this. God damn. Look what I found. Have you met these guys? They're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Their shit smells terrific. Oh, oh so Ari Shapiro apparently smeared his own shit on his face during a podcast. Why? I don't know. They were talking Ari. about it. One of their podcasts they did, he uh, he went to the bathroom, and I guess he didn't do a good job of wiping, and then huh? he reached back and felt his butt and then smeared it on his face like war paint. Oh, yeah, they got, they got taken off YouTube for that. I can't oh, find how it. How weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have felt like YouTube would get behind that with all their advertising money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, uh, <laughs> Just wiping uh, shit on yourself. He fucking uh, bro boiled his so brain out there in Thailand. <laughs> He's out there in fucking Vietnam in the hot sun for too long. Yeah, he, he comes every time he comes back, he's a little different. Yeah, he's he's living a very unique life, that fellow. He is good. Good. God bless him. Yeah. Is he off the cell phone now? Like even though he's here, 
No, he'll, now he'll he's back text on. you. You know, you can text him. You can. Yeah, he texts. He has one of those flip phones that you can text with. Right. You know, like yeah. flip sideways, and it's got like a keyboard. He'll send you a text. <laughs> yeah. But you can't like send If you send him a picture, he has to forward it to his email. Oh, God. He and he's go got to go to check a, it on his computer. He's got to go to a library. <laughs> <laughs> and they won't let him in because he's got shit on his face. <laughs> <laughs> You're the guy. Shit face. A shit face. You get out of oh. my library. Oh, uh, it's so funny. That guy went away for four months, man. Yeah, I know. Just vanished for four months without talking to anybody. And then he shows up and it's like, all right, it's time to tape this TV show again. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad move. Well, I mean, I guarantee you he's got some crazy stories. There's no way he doesn't. Yeah. Because he's probably out there making stories happen, too. Like, knowing that he's going to need some stories. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. You know? I know. I mean, his whole show is a story. His whole stories. He needs it. His show's one of the best shows on Comedy Central. It is. It's you really know? good. I, I really hope Comedy Central never cancels that thing. It's it really good. one of the best shows on Comedy Central. Yeah, It's I one know. of the best stand-up shows there is. It really is good. And I did it twice. And uh, I get more hits off of that than I do, like, stand-up sets. Well, it's just different. Yeah, they just because like Because it's stories. It. There's, you're talking about stories. And it's also different because like guys, guys like Henry Rollins did it. Yeah. Like he's not even a necessarily a comic, but yeah. he's a great storyteller. So he'll do this stand up comedy storytelling show and just tell his stories. And the setting's really cool. It looks good. Like yeah. in that strip club. And yeah. Yeah. It really. And Have his you ever suits... been to that strip club off outside of? No. I want to go there one day when he's not filming the show. Just, just, to, to, just to go just hang? Just to feel what it's like when you really see it. Like, yeah, what is that, that would place be cool. really like? We're seeing like yeah. a side of it that's not real. No, you're seeing like Atlantic City in the daytime. It's like. <laughs> This is very different than what like what happens when the sun goes down. Atlantic City in the daytime is dark. Oof, yeah, is that a stri- stripper on the pole right there? Hey, a bunch of girls in the audience. The fuck is this shit? Yeah, that what doesn't look fun. When I was a kid, there was no girls that went to strip clubs. None, zero. Now everybody's like, yeah, we're it's a thing go. to do. She's so hot. <laughs> it's like it. going to a sports bar. Yeah, it's like girls who go to cigar bars. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm just like you guys. I'm one of the guys. <laughs> oh, right. 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 That's, but we're here to not be with you right now. They're trying, <laughs> trying to test your resolve, young Tom Papa. Trying to calm down. They're trying to get you to come over to their side. Slowly but surely, they turn you. No, man. She's cool. She's different from all the rest. How about the guy who brings his girlfriend everywhere? How about that brutal motherfucker? Yeah. You're going to have fights over your house? Hey, man, you want to come over and watch the fights? Yeah, sure. I'm bringing Cindy. <laughs> oh, you fuck. <laughs> You fuck. You it's didn't cool, even right? ask. It's cool, right? Those guys who don't even ask. <laughs> you just open the door and you're like, oh. everybody's over the house laughing, <laughs> people are drinking, pot smoking, yep. someone's jerking off the dog with their foot, <laughs> and then she comes in. Uh, are you guys ever going to grow up? I, I did that once in college. I came in and I was the guy who brought the girl Ooh. and walked in, and you could just feel from everybody. <laughs> the hate was so thick. And they just got so silent and changed the vibe until, until you got her out of there. There was no other way to do it. You just had to There's the guy comic who brings his girlfriend to everything and then expects her to be able to talk on podcasts. There's a special place in hell <laughs> reserved for those gentlemen. You know who you pussy-whipped mongrels are. You get your shit together. You get your shit together and don't you ever do that again. Yeah, look, you want to go to dinner? Sure, bring her along. You want to do it? Fine. Mike's problem is that he doesn't listen to me enough. (laughs) (laughs) I know, that's so great you're here to tell me that. 
That's Meanwhile, what I want to do right we now. We would be the same exact thing if we showed up for one of their Fifty Shades of Grey parties. They're all wearing ball gags <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, ready to gag, to fucking tie each other up with stockings. <laughs> and we show up. Oh, great! You brought Jamie. No, yeah, a guy going in with all girls. You ruin the whole night you ruin for the them. Vibe, man. Yeah. If you show up at a Tupperware party. All of a sudden. Right? <laughs> Tom makes bread. I make bread. Ladies, the seal on this is not going to be enough to keep my bread fresh. Uh, you fucking... <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, Will you ever see girls at, a, at your shows and there's like a whole table of girls? They're so free and they're so they're laughing. They're having a good time. One guy sits at that table. Ruins it. Ruins it. Yeah, because he's playing sexual politics with at least two different girls. Like you might have a girlfriend <laughs> there, but he's a little too friendly with her friend. Right. And she's getting pissed off. And you complimented her dress. I thought she's your friend. It's a nice dress. You look better. <laughs> now you say that. You didn't say it before. <laughs> just, yeah. Like Sometimes you just need a break. Contest and stand by me. Just in your face. With, <laughs> It's sometimes you just need to. It's you need a break. You need to light a cigar and be alone. Mm. Get out of that. Yeah, it's well, too much. It's absolutely important for any friendship, any relationship, anytime two people interact with each other to take time apart from each other. Just yeah. have a little bit of space. You know, all the time. Like if you're on top of each other each and every day, unless you're a really unique couple, which I have met before. They are. They're out there. They, they make do. you feel really bad about your own relationship. <laughs> they do everything together, and they're always looking at each other and laughing. Yeah, like, no, we're great. We work together and we play together. <laughs> well, we just get along. We finish each other's sentences. Oh, they're holding hands all the time. Yeah, it does happen. It does happen. I hate them. Well, you know what it is, man. It's just like they found that frequency, that unique personality frequency, because oftentimes. Like yeah. your frequency and someone else's frequency is just, mm, they're just off. Yeah. And they're that just, doesn't mean you don't love each other. Right. Like one person might be the who and the other person is the doors. Right. And you're like, okay, we got to figure out what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah. This is the end. But we both really like the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. My only friend, the end. Oh, how can you play who that? Who are you? Like, no, 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 you're too hyper, too no, hyper, man. Totally Fuck you. different. I know what I'm doing. And those yeah. two people are together for 15 years. Yeah, but ch ch clawing each other's throats. <laughs> it's really interesting when you see people that are clawing each other's throats. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Okay, that's a good question. Yeah. Who would you rather be around, the couple that's stabbing at each other or the ideal couple who's making you feel like your relationship isn't so great? Oh, the ideal couple, for sure. I want to be around happy people. Yeah. I want to be around, be around people that are enjoying each other's company. There's nothing more frustrating than being around two people that insult each other, like, slyly in public. Ooh, it's brutal. We know Phil, a couple of those. Phil Hartman's wife used to do that all the time. Really? Yeah. They say you shouldn't speak ill of the dead, but when they kill your friend and then kill themselves, I think you're allowed to talk shit. Absolutely. There's no um, reverence in death for the they bad They had ones. a very uh, combative relationship, and she used to talk shit about him in front of us. Really? Yeah, right in front of him and us. It was just like... She would say he's old, and she would, you know, like one time she was talking about her car. They were talk Phil was talking about a car. Like Phil's a car aficionado, loved yeah. cars. So we were talking about a car. I forget what it was. And then she goes, "I love pickup trucks. I want to get a pickup truck. All my boyfriends back home had pickup trucks." <laughs> and you're just picturing her getting stuffed in the back of this pickup <laughs> truck by some fucking <laughs> farmer boy, some dude with thick wrists and. Big yeah. old catcher's mid hands, just, <laughs> just laying his fat dick. Doesn't to her. even take his pants off. But, the, the, but saying that, like, I don't know. 
It's terrible. It's just weird. It was and weird. was it constantly like that? She was always belittling them, always. always tearing them down. They would have these horrible fights, man. I never understand that. It's like you're together. Like it's for the good. Like his success is your success, and yet they'll still tear them down. Well, people don't think logically. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but that's not a logical thought. Yeah, I mean, the, I think they just didn't get along great. You know, for yeah. whatever reason, Phil was really fucking smart too. He was the coolest. He was a really smart You're guy. You're so lucky you got to know him. Yeah, he was um, like, I mean, he would do things like he learned how to be a pilot. Yeah. So he would be on the set, and during the downtime, he'd be reading aviation books. Jeez. He would just sit in there reading them, going through them. He was the most studious guy God. and the most disciplined with his notes. He would have his uh, script, and each one of his scenes that he was in would have a certain highlight like a, like a tab, uh -huh. like a green tab or whatever the color tab was. And then all of his scenes would be highlighted. He'd have notes beside them, wow. specific parts of the scene where he wanted to do something different or, or he questioned his intent or like, and yeah, he would yeah. go in and he would just, every time he would nail it, every time he would nail it. I mean, it was the incredibly Amazing. rare time where he would crack up during a, a yeah. filming. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just having fun. I mean, yeah. It was never like he fucked up. But he never fucked up, right? I mean, everybody fucks up and laughs when you're not supposed to laugh because it's funny. But he right? was on his game. He was so professional, but he was like a very, very, very intelligent man. Like, well, he was he an artist too, right? Yes. Didn't he start out like designing like, he designed album, album covers? covers for bands? Yeah. Yeah. Before he was ever uh, even on SNL. He was also one of the writers for Pee Wee's Playhouse. Right. Yeah. And he was on Pee Wee's yeah, Playhouse. Yeah, he was on Pee Wee's Playhouse. And I think he wrote the first movie. I think he wrote Pee-wee's Big Adventure as one of the writers. Really? Yeah. What a great, that's amazing. So you got to hang with him a lot? You guys yeah. would hang all the time? He took me up in his plane. He did? Yeah, it was crazy. Just I was, the two I was going you? to buy a house, uh -huh. and um, he was suggesting all these different areas. And, I, and he said, what do you like? I said, I just like quiet. I like peace. I like to see things that are pretty. I like yeah. nature. And he's like, okay, because I, I think there's an area, like right around like Thousand Oaks area. I want you to check this out. Right. So he'd take me up in his plane, and <laughs> flying around and looking wow. at all these. It was crazy. Instead of driving on the 101 to go look. <laughs> well, he had like a small plane. And That's what great. freedom you have when you have a plane, man. Do you ever want to do that? Fly yourself? Yeah, but it's a weird way to go when you know this fucking plane's dying on you. I've had cars <sighs> die on me. Yeah. You know? I know, the mechanical end of it. Are Yikes! you mechanical? Are you like, um, not really? Yeah. I mean, I know certain things, but it's, right. it's like someone saying, yeah, I took karate when I was 14. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. I ran my own stereo in my Toyota Corolla. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> right. But I wouldn't tell you that I can install stereos. Yeah. Yeah. I know a little bit about cars, that's but the I, thing. I love them. Yeah, I do too. But that's the thing. It's like, uh, I feel like if you're going to have your own plane and you've got to be gotta know really something. knowledgeable and be on top of it and yeah. you got to know your limits. And that's kind of my limit. Yeah, it was intense, man. The landing was intense. Because yeah. it was a little tiny plane, man. It was a little two-seater plane. So it was just me and Phil, and uh, we're coming in for this <laughs> landing. I'm like, Jesus, it's right there. Like, the ground's right there. <laughs> right. It's, like, it's crazy. It's weird. It's and like the small plane. And you know? knowing that it's like your goofy friend from the set mm -hmm. is <laughs> yeah. taking you in. Well, he was always um, like an older brother to me was on he? the set. Yeah, because he was, he was older than me. How much older more was experienced. he? Like At least 15? 16 years older, maybe more, mm -hmm. maybe 17, 18 years older, something yeah. like that. And he was a star already, right? Yes. When you, yeah. He was a star. Yeah. Like when, he was when so great. we were on the set, he is in movies all the time. You know, he was just getting off of Saturday Night Live. Right. And, uh, you know, and then, of course, 
Dave Foley was a big star from Kids in the Hall. Yeah. And he was a big alternative star, too. Like, everybody loved him and because he was so smart and the yeah. writing was so good. And then Andy Dick was, like, a known weirdo. Yeah. And then, so it was, it was a fascinating it little was a great group of crew. Yeah. Great crew. I remember spending a whole summer just watching Phil's Best of SNL disc. Oh. The funny and stuff that wasn't even a hit. Like him playing the acting teacher. <laughs> oh, I mean, I would watch yeah. it in a loop. I could yeah. not stop watching it. He was so, this is something. This is nothing. This is something. This is nothing. And then he would like, shit on somebody. <laughs> like, sir, can I get out of my class? <laughs> it just, he was on the money 100% of the time. Yeah, man. He uh, oh, would God, do stand-up for the audience for fun. Oh, yeah. He would, like, warm up the crowd. Oh, really? You know, he was, like, putting together almost like a little routine that he would do. Wow. And we talked about it. He's like, oh, I think I'm going to go on stage someday. Wow. He just never, I don't think he ever really did it, though. But he could have easily done it. And his know? wife just, God damn. Well, hey, man, she was troubled. You know, she was a troubled person, and she was also on Zoloft and cocaine. Oh, my God. Which apparently leads to psychotic thoughts. And uh, yeah. it's apparently a, a very bad combination, especially for some people. With yeah. Their, and people have their own particular sort of human neurochemistry they got going on up there. And with some people, when they do coke and uh, Zoloft together, it just makes them insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the, it's horrible. The real, one of the real losses as a fan of his is that he was the kind of guy that the older he got, the better he would become. Like, oh, yeah. He was playing guys who were older than him. He had that very fatherly intelligent older kind of vibe anyway yeah so as as a 75 80 year old he would still be killing it yeah i think um i think there's a million different kinds of tragedies but the big one is that his kids had to deal with the fact yeah. that their mom killed them and then killed herself how and many two two I, kids and then they went and lived with family afterwards just I, the whole thing's so dark it's so sad it is man it is the worst but i mean it was a it it was also it's just more evidence of what happens when people are in those combative relationships. And they just don't, I know. they don't gel together. Well, you know, you have somebody, look, have you ever been around like just a toxic person? Oh, yeah. And it's like just one on one, you leave, and you're like, oh. it's an energy that oh. just drains you. And then imagine living with that person. Yeah. It's just, it's got, it's too much work. Yeah. Too much work. <laughs> but, you know, you ever dated somebody who was really kind of toxic? It's kind of oh, exciting yeah. at the same time. You Sometimes. Know, the freaky ones are the the most fun in bed. Yeah, the really it, crazy ones. Yeah, it gets a little crazy sometimes. Some, sometimes when you're young too. Sometimes those breakup makeup fights are awesome. Yeah, you know when they come back, you didn't think they were coming back, and next thing you know you're making out. Like, right, oh, it's crazy. That's it, yeah. And then you hear the cops like, "What the fuck? Did you call the cops? <laughs> call them before I knew we were getting back together." <laughs> Jesus, we're okay here. We gotta sir. escape. No, it's fine. We're all right now. Climb just had roof. an argument. Cops are lazy. Get on the roof. <laughs> I saw a house on fire yesterday. Really? Yeah, like up the street from me, a whole, like a house. Like a blaze? A, the roof was a blaze. Whoa. And it was up in the hills, so they had to- Oh, uh, that's bad. Yeah, to get the fire trucks up there. But then they stopped it. Like, it's still standing today, but the roof is all. But I've never seen, like, hmm. a whole house on fire. Dude, I saw an entire- uh, I have to outdo you. That's how we do it. <laughs> that, was the, that was the big uh, accusation of, of Oprah. She used to have, like outdo people. <laughs> but um, when I was um, working doing Fear Factor in like 2003, it was 2002 or three when they had that giant fire. There was a giant Where? fire. It was 
like on the way towards Bakersfield up the five, and uh-huh. we were filming up there at Tahone Ranch. Right. There was a lake, and we were dropping these people off from helicopters to <laughs> the lake. And normally, without traffic, it's about an hour twenty drive, hour half drive to L.A. Right. From from Tahone Ranch, but this day it was bumper to bumper. And uh, a guy died. A guy ran out and got hit by a car. And I, I saw his sneaker, and I saw him laying on the side of the road, like br- briefly as I was passing while people were trying to attend to him. And I, you know, I didn't, I didn't like see his head splattered or anything like that. But I saw yeah. his leg, and then Oy. my friend Matt told me that guy wound up dying. Oy. And uh, so that was the, the beginning of this eerie drive home. Then as we got closer to L.A., it was literally snowing ashes and the entire right side of the highway was ablaze Jeez. like as far i'm talking like a mile in oh my like god like as far as the eye could see it looked like the fucking lord of the rings it was like i was waiting for <laughs> demon horses to come <laughs> riding over the top right like and it just was like crazy. miles high like the it was insane there was tornadoes of fire i mean it was fucking fire everywhere and you're in traffic at that point we're in traffic so yeah. you're just sitting we're there barely removed from it by a patch of grant a oh patch of asphalt god and i'm telling you man i'm not bullshitting that side of the road was like that for an hour Jeez. for an hour of driving like the whole right <sighs> the side whole was way. on fire yeah that's insane so when we were coming from the 101 we're coming up the 101 towards like um encino yeah and the entire right side like over the crest of the hill over near the 118 yeah you yeah. know simi valley area ablaze just <laughs> ablaze oh my God. it was crazy i got evacuated from my house really yeah 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 threw the dog in the back of the truck oh packed, my God. just grabbed Frank a laptop Sinatra? and some stuff uh no this was johnny cash <laughs> and uh that's my other dog <laughs> that's so great. frank sinatra was dead at the time <laughs> But uh, it was it was crazy, man. It was wow. crazy. We you know we just Fires got are out. intense here. Yeah, people in my neighborhood, you could see them like stuff packed to the roof and shit coming out in like car rows of cars. <sighs> people pulling out of garages and shit. It was it was trippy, man. That's the problem. It was with trippy. Some of those like more remote areas. It's like oh, you know yeah. you're surrounded by beautiful trees, but after a couple dry summers and then some asshole with a cigarette. Yeah, kerbalooey. Yeah, yeah. It was it was fire is fucking terrifying, man. When, because I talked to this fireman, and this is what scared the shit out of me. Because there's been a few of these big rock'em sock'em fires that have hit the LA yeah. area. Most of the, most of it's in the summer when the winds kick up. Yeah, <clears throat> was Santa that? Santa's. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one firefighter told me, he goes, dude, it's just a matter of time before one day a fire catches and it goes through the entire city and we can't do shit about it. What? And I go, really? And he goes, yep. He goes, it's just the right conditions, the right wind, the fire coming from the right amount of angles, the Jeez. wind, the wind taking the, the the embers in the air, lighting more houses on fire. Oh my God! He goes, it's just a matter of time for one day it goes right to the ocean. I hate the. It's just a matter of time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> right? The earthquake, just a matter of time before this whole place just falls off into the ocean. Yeah, that's like glass half empty squared. Yeah. <laughs> Just a matter of time before the big plague hits, takes us all out. They do say that a lot, Just right? a matter of time before there's no more food left. It's just, God. But where do you want to be? Do you want to be somewhere? You don't want to be a prepper, right? No. But you don't want to be the guy who, who dies of starvation because he can't figure out how to get by. No, you, you, you want to be, you want a couple, you want to try your best. <laughs> who do you, do you want to be Rick from The Walking Dead who goes through several seasons of horrific events and yeah. is basically a shattered man by the time I abandon the show? Yeah. Or do you want to be one of the people that gets killed early on? So it's, it's a wrap. I'd probably go somewhere in between, get a little adventure, meet some new people, 
make some mistakes, you think you got it together, and then wacko. But isn't like The Walking Dead <clears throat> the ultimate existential crisis? Because if you do die, you're going to come back as a zombie. Yeah. Like the only thing that can free you is, I guess, if you shoot yourself in the head. Like you would have to shoot yourself in the head because if you shoot a zombie in the head, they just stop being a zombie anymore. Somehow or another, there's a, right. a button. You know. I feel like they're getting very uh, wishy-washy with the zombie rules lately. I don't watch it anymore. Yeah, me neither. I watched like a, a little bit. The zombies bit of it. definitely aren't consistent in their ability to fuck things up. Yeah, they used to be able to tear apart horses, and now they can like you can just push them aside. It's like get out of here. Yeah, and they're like these bony little things, yeah. and yet they're kind of strong. I don't get it. Yeah, and how? Here's my question: What are the? Um, why aren't they rotted all together by now? Like, why aren't they just a bag of bones? Like, what's going I on? I guess because they're not real. Oh. <laughs> Did you see what happened to Big Sir? What? They're Big Sur, Ventana, whatever ranch, Canyon Ranch, whatever it is. They're, they're completely isolated. They've had giant mudslides, and that part, you can't enter or exit the town. <gasps> yeah. They closed off, like, the one? Yeah. No. You can't. They're completely isolated right now, and they think they're going to be able to open up the road coming from the north by, like, September. What? And they don't know if the south is ever going to be repaired. Oh, my God. Yeah. Go, go back. Go, 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 go. It's crazy. Look at that. But let me see what it looks like. Look at that mudslide. What's slide. the title? You have the title obscured. Oh, Landslide Buries California Scenic Highway in Big Sur. If you don't know Big Sur, this is like the most beautiful part of the ride between L.A. and San Francisco. Up oh, the, my God. Up the one. Look at the fucking landslide. Yeah. They think that the only way they're going to be able to do it is to just build on the landslide. It's that much dirt. More than a million tons of rock and dirt fell down. Look at that. It's insane. The landsliding skins a quarter of a mile. It's just mountain now. The road is covered in a layer of dirt 35 to 40 feet deep. How many people are dead in there? I don't think that many. The highway runs through Big Sur, which is a major tourist attraction. I'm Authorities have closed all access to the highway and don't know when it will reopen. How about get us fucking shovel? All you need is 100 Mexicans. It'll be done by tomorrow. <laughs> Hey, they, those people work hard. Metal this, detectors. This, all this bullshit about the the wall. <laughs> yeah. I have these Mexicans. Let me show can you, you show Mr. That again? Trump. We, we can see do. that again. Metal detector. Yeah. How about that? Oh, you go crazy. But, but look did, at that. Do they I expect mean, the people died there? It's million dollar. I mean, there's um, what is it? The Henry Miller Museum and the uh, yeah, Big Sur, Ventana. All these beautiful places where you would drive up and be able to stay overnight and eat on the coast. You can't those. Places are isolated. Yeah. They weren't covered in the slide. You just can't get to them. Yeah, so what you got to do is you got to buy real estate there now. Because yeah. a bunch of pussies would be panicking and selling cheap. You're right. Scoop up a nice nice scenic view. Imagine if that's your house. You're <sighs> just sitting up there chilling, and all of a sudden you slide all the way down into the ocean, <laughs> and that's how you die. That's so crazy. You just think, I finally made it. I got this beautiful view. Look at my deck. I hey, Tom, it. come on over. Bring bread. Joe, like, you oh, did it. I can't believe you did it. You did it, buddy. We're having a jet. It's still moving. <laughs> we haven't been able to go hey, up there Joe, and assess. The... It's still moving. Hey, Joe, is the yard supposed to be moving like that? <laughs> Look at this. We have geologists and engineers who are going to check out this week. Check it out this week, and see how do we pick up the pieces. The highway. Sh oh my God! Yeah. Snakes around the California coastline is a major tourist destination. Crews called the landslide one of a kind. But it happened like a like a like a month ago, and then it's just like last Saturday, another chunk just went. So it's like it's still in motion. Yeah, man, that's what keeps me. Things like that are what keeps me from living on the ocean. I know. I rented a house in Malibu, and uh, one time I got super baked. Yeah. And I went down to the bottom floor. 
I was only in this house for like three months, <laughs> but it was like, oh, it was the bottom floor bedroom was like the water would literally go under it. Right. And at nighttime, like it's fucking horrifying. <laughs> it's scary. In the daytime, it's gorgeous. Like yeah. you're looking out and you see that blue water and it's so inviting. But at <laughs> nighttime, that water is dark and the sky is black and you're like, oh my God. It like shows you what it really is. I'm in the ocean. You're, you're essentially at the whim of this ever-changing sea. You are riding yeah. on a gamble. Yeah. And that gamble is, what are the odds that it's going to shift now? You know it's going to shift eventually. That's right. This house is probably worth like millions of dollars and it's just sitting on this water. Crazy. You don't even have a front yard. Like your backyard is the ocean. There's um, My cousin has a place down, uh, down towards San Diego and all these beautiful multi-million dollar homes on this cliff. And they just keep shoring up the cliff. They just keep putting in new planks, <laughs> got concrete rivet, and they're just hanging on. It's like someone someday is in this house mind. when it goes down. It's people are but crazy. man, when you're sitting there at the sunset and you're the, it's just you in the ocean. Yeah, it is pretty spectacular. It might be worth sliding in eventually. Yeah, I think you, what you have to have is super baller money. So yeah. you have that house on the coast. And then you have a house somewhere else. Or right. you don't have a family and you're just a dude with a surfboard. You're like, this is the perfect spot. Yeah. If I lose everything, so what? So what? I'll I've... rent a house somewhere. Yeah. I've you done could... it already. Yeah. You could do that. Yeah. That would be a good move. But you don't want to, you don't want to want your kids get sucked away by the tide. How do you? <laughs> <laughs> mm. You're enjoying that pipe. I do. It's good, good, right? It's a little buzz. I wish I had a cigar, though. We I do know. have cigars, but You know what? I was out. actually thinking about bringing cigars today, but I, I couldn't remember to... if you said we could smoke in here. Yeah, we can. Well, in the new studio, the new studio is like a mythical place that we keep talking I about. Know. <laughs> Once it actually exists, people go like, oh, he wasn't bullshitting. Yeah, it's, you have been talking about it for a while. The new studio, we're actually having ventilation systems put in the ceiling so that I can hit a button and it'll suck the smoke uh, out of the room. So if like great. Dice Clay is here, Dice likes to smoke. I yeah. like the smoke. Oh! <laughs> I just got pipe tobacco everywhere. Um, but he'll smoke that's and why, it won't that's make- That's why Dice doesn't smoke a pipe. It won't make me nauseous. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, and then- And you um, won't go home smelling- People won't get secondhand weed smoke too, so it won't, uh, won't put you uh, under. Right, you do know? people complain about that? Um, no, I would never smoke in front of someone that like has an issue. Like, right. Like that was like uh, something AA people, issue. I've had people that have come on that have specifically requested me not get high in front of them. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't know me that are like, yeah, that are in the program. They're like, please don't right. have them do drugs in front of me. Yeah. That makes sense. They get a little yeah. squirrely. I'll, uh, next time I'll bring, I have a, I have a big box of Cuban cigars. Ooh. Oh, they're so nice. Ooh. Strong. They are strong. They're big too. What kind? Cahibas. Ooh. So nice. The, the head nice. rush after that is like, yeah. You might as well go to bed. I used to like those Hoyo de Monterey double Coronas, those nice. big fat post steak cigars. Yeah, you have a big steak and uh, mashed potatoes best. with sour cream and chives. After Musso and Frank's, you ever go to the cigar place next to the Improv? Uh, no, I have not. I know that spot, it's but I've not. I've never been in there. If you're ever doing two shows there, oh, or yeah. screwing around. It's a nice little hang. You want to get away from the club for a minute. Mm, to go yeah. sit in there. And they're really the guy who runs. It's great. 
it's a good spot. That's cool. Yeah. I really like the improv, man. The improv is a different vibe now. I've been going there a lot lately. Have you? Yeah. It's a different vibe. It feels good. Everything feels good now, man. Comedy feels great. This is a good time, man. It really is. Last night was beautiful. What'd you do last night? Well, one of the things I did that was really interesting, I did a podcast with my friend Owen Smith. Do you know Owen? I love Owen. He's hilarious. He really makes me laugh. Funny, He's dude. He's such a good, and, and a good guy. Subtle, good. solid guy. Good guy. Yeah. Anyway, Owen has a new show that he's coming out with uh, called uh, Something Notebooks with Owen Smith. And mm -hmm. what it is is you find your oldest comedy notebooks uh, and you bring it out and go over your material. And I found some notebooks from 1990. That's great. I had a list, a set list from 93. <laughs> a new material list from 1993, March of 93. Wow. I was like, wow, this is crazy. It was terrible. What? It was like <laughs> needles through my soul, reading off my lines. It's so hard. Terrible bullshit uh, jokes that I had when I was 21. Your uh, ideas. This is really saying uh, something, man. I had um, I had orchestrated crowd work. I'd like written in crowd work. Uh, oh, so terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. And I showed it to the I showed it to the camera. Like, it's okay. You're learning. I have a tape. I have a. a cassette tape a video tape vhs tape of me doing stand-up at stand-up new york like in my first year oh my god like 93 and i am 30 pounds heavier tight jeans i think i'm wearing a vest <laughs> curly hair and i would lunge when i would tell the jokes <laughs> like this elvis kind of lunge come on baby and i went i was Pump so on. scared to hear if they were going to laugh or not that i would just go a thousand miles an hour just yelling. I thought it was Kinnison. <laughs> I just, it's like Kinnison without the jokes. Scared that they're going to like catch you if you pause for a second. Uh, Boom. Yeah. Not one, I didn't give them a split second. I just went. You know that one thing that some comedians will do, especially in the early days, where they like say a bunch of things in a row and yeah. they memorize it, and the audience will like clap yeah, at the end of their, it at the end. their big memorization? It's so true. And da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> yeah, it's the closest you get to a guitar riff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that, in my opinion, is where Dice had everybody beat in the 1980s because people would go to see him yeah. and they would repeat his lines. Yeah. They wanted to hear, what's in the bowl, bitch? <laughs> it's crazy. Like, you have the whole audience do it, just like a fucking rock concert. Crazy. Yeah, you can't, that's, that's a one-of-a-kind experience. Yeah, can't uh, replicate yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, Dice had something that was different. Because they were going to see stuff they already knew. Yeah, that like he is would so go, wild. Hickory dickory dock. <laughs> and everybody would go fucking crazy. Just. <laughs> I, still I still weird out when I hang out with Dice. Still, yeah. to this day. Because he was a rock star. Well, when I'm in the room with him, I weird out. Oh, I can't even believe that's Dice Clay. Yeah, it's crazy. It was no, me he was so big. And my girlfriend, we were 19. We were sitting in my car. <laughs> yeah. I was dating this hot Nicaraguan girl. Nice. She had a great sense of humor. She's hilarious but we're sitting Deadly. in my car listening to this fucking dice clay tape just howling laughing <laughs> it was so stupid because when you're 19 that is like the perfect kind of comedy for you oh god you know just... sat on a tuffet oh <laughs> little boy blue he needed the money <laughs> do you ever yeah. see him do a long set back then was it i only saw back like then? short sets yeah like I went to see him live. Um, I saw him a c couple of times. Yeah. And then I saw him 
But would he do that the Mostly whole way? I saw him in a store a lot in the 90s. Right. When he was just sort of fucking around. But when he would come to the store, it wasn't like a set, like a concert set. Right. It was like he was working on new material. He was fucking around. Right. Just, just working out. When he would do long sets, I mean, everyone was waiting for the nursery rhyme stuff. Oh, yeah. So, he still does nursery rhyme stuff. I saw him, me and Jim Norton and uh, Anthony Cumia and who the fuck else was it? I think Bobby Kelly and Red Band. Nice. We went to see him in Vegas wow. at the Riviera. That's great. Which is just recently? No, obviously the Riviera is dead now. Oh yeah, that's I right. I think it was probably five years ago, maybe right. maybe a little more. But goddamn, we had a great time. Uh, I saw the whole set. <laughs> I saw his whole set from uh, beginning to end. It was great. It's great. He was a monster. <sighs> Dude, he was a killer. You see him in the Woody Allen movie. I'm sure. You yeah, did. he's really good. He's so a good, good actor. Yeah, really good. That Woody Allen movie weirds me out, though. That all one? Mo- all his movies all weird me out now. Because of- Because uh, he's so crazy. Because of the guy? Because of who he is? Because of who he is, yeah. Yeah. I think he's still a brilliant director, and yeah. a great screenwriter, but it's just like, you almost, there's certain things you you know, you expect. You know, oh, he got hooked on pills. Well, that happens. Ah, he's a boozer. Eh, it happens. Yeah. You know, oh, it turns out he was gay. Oh, yeah. happens. Ah, oh, he's fucking his daughter. What? Happened. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. How old was she when he met her? Yeah. She was two? Yeah. Ooh. I don't know. That's that great uh that great joke by um Emo Phillips. What is it? Woody Allen adopted Suni when she was four years old. Started dating her when she was fifteen. Patience of a saint. <laughs> Is that when he did? He started dating her when she was 15? Is that Something real? Something like that. I don't know. I Jesus don't know. Jesus Christ. But, you know, you find out anything about an artist, you're going to not like them. Right? right, but here's here's the question. Again, is it me? Is it me? Is it the same thing about my friend jerking off his dog with his foot? Is it just on me? I mean, what if... I mean, it sounds gross, but what if after all those years, they really were in love with each other? Does that make sense? It seems like it now, right? I mean, he's an Does old man, and they're still, in, they're still in love and hanging out. And Is that unacceptable? I don't know. It's unacceptable if people get hurt. If no one got hurt, Whoa. I mean, you can't do it. I mean, yeah, those are a lot the, of the pictures that, before and after. Yeah, but I heard some of these are, I heard there was some uh, weirdness in some of these. Well, there's weirdness here. This is a little girl, and he's with her, and then he wound up marrying her. But this, That's weird, man. It's just weird. Well, he didn't make her. But he, well, look, he's not arrested and he's not in jail, so it's not no, illegal, no, right? right? And it didn't everything did, wasn't there a case? I mean, didn't they investigate and find find him innocent of all this? I don't know, man. That's the know. problem with like these. That's the problem with these accusations too. I mean, you know, you, the accusations of that stuff are so huge. Even if you're found innocent, uh, that doesn't compare to the charge. Mm. Was he found innocent? Like, did they go to court? I don't know if he was uh, criminally tried. I don't think he did anything criminal. So there was no evidence to even... I don't think so. I think there was a time where Mia Farrow was saying that he had done something to one of their other daughters. Right. And then Woody was saying that that daughter was coached by Mia and that Mia's crazy. Right. And that she's furious that he wound up with Sunyi. It's all crazy. It's It's all all crazy. crazy. But I'll tell you, I can shove it aside and watch crimes and misdemeanors over and over and over. Yeah. It's one of the greatest films of all time. 
What was the one where it was the the space movie? Um, um, uh, Sleeper. Sleeper. Yeah, that was a freaky movie. I mean, so so good. Just what he's doing now. I mean, he's made two movies a year for how many years? I mean, it's, does he make two a year? Yeah. Does he? Yeah, the Spring Project, the Fall Project. You know what's really interesting? Vicky Barcelona. Midnight in Paris. Midnight in Paris is amazing. It was really weird watching Owen Benjamin, not Owen Benjamin, Owen, Owen Wilson. Wilson. Owen Wilson. Basically play, doing Woody. Play him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he really was doing a version of Woody Allen. And it, it totally weird. worked. It totally worked. Totally worked. I mean, Owen did a great job. Oh, that I mean, movie was so good. He was really like he was channeling like a Woody Allen. Yeah. Like even the way he read the lines. Yeah, that same vibe. Yeah. You know, just that. Just that it exists yeah. is amazing. And tolerating ridiculous shit. You know, like they were both tolerating ridiculous <laughs> yeah. shit from each other. Yeah. Everyone's having affairs. Yeah. You know? Just that Paris exists. Isn't that enough? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, beautiful film. A I mean, he makes movie. amazing work. Well, he's a weirdo. <sighs> I, yeah. Weirdo, weirdos have weird thoughts. I know. That's the thing. Which makes him more creative. I mean, whatever reason. I know. And I just don't have the connection that, like, Ronan Farrow obviously has to it. He can't watch those movies, but Tom Papa sitting in his uh, place watching the movie, I'm not connected enough for it to bump me out of watching the art. Yeah, All artists are freaky if you get down underneath it. I'm sure there's a lot of people that we adore who did some pretty heinous shit. Yeah, when someone like David Carradine dies wearing a wetsuit with a dildo up his ass hanging in a hotel... You know, didn't he die yeah. from, like, autoerotic asphyxiation? Yeah. The guy from NXS, same thing. Yeah. You know, it's like a lot of people die doing, like, really freaky shit. Doing some weird stuff. Yeah. And you go, people are weird. Jesus. Don't don't dig Ooh. too deep. Ooh. It's better just to know Ooh. people on the surface. <laughs> or just let it go. Accept. Yeah. You know? But that's just the, the only, I mean, I'm almost always willing to do that. I'm almost always willing to do that. But the Woody Allen one makes you go, Ooh. Like, Yeah. But the Bill Cosby one does not make me want to do that. I don't want to. That one is just like, I got to write you off. Forever. Yeah. Forever. Forever. Yeah. Right? You drug and rape 50 women. Yeah. That one definitely. That's a that's a lifetime write-off. If he had made know? Crimes and Misdemeanors, maybe I would be so? okay with it. But it's, what about Fat Albert? Just did Fat Albert. <laughs> Didn't he? What about um, Roman Polanski? Do you, can you still watch Fat Albert? Hey, hey, hey. Is like Fat Albert difficult to find? I doubt it. Because it seems like Fat Albert kind of reinforces certain racial stereotypes that he might probably disagree with as he became older. I don't know. There was a little moral stuff there and there? everybody getting along. Yeah. Do you remember that was always the, the rumor that he had bought out the Little Rascals and then he had kept it from being aired because it was racist? Yeah, because of the buckwheat stuff yeah. and all that racist stuff in it. Was that true? I think that was Snopes, and I think they found out it wasn't true. Oh, really? Yeah, that he I bought it. That. He bought the rights to it and wouldn't let it be shown. Yeah, find out if that's true. There was a lot of racist stuff back then. Dude. We were talking at the comedy <laughs> store last night about how uh, people in the old days used to smack people. Like how often you'd see a movie where like Humphrey Bogart would smack some woman in the face. Yeah. And then wind up making out with her. Yeah. That's just how it went. <laughs> they would smack each other. Yeah. Women would smack men. Men would smack women. Smack. Smack. I love watching uh, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. What was that? You've never seen that? I don't think so. Oh, come on. It's one of the greatest comedy films of all time. Who's in it? Buddy Hackett, oh. Jonathan Winters, Jack Benny, Mickey Rooney, um, Henny Youngman. Really? I mean, uh, Milton Berle. Wow. I mean, it's endless. It was just all these, Spencer Tracy, all put in this crazy film about uh, trying to race across from uh, 
the desert to Santa Monica. And Phil Silvers, all these, I mean, great. It was like the, the comedy film of its time. And it still holds up. It's still great to watch. You would love it. You have to watch wow. it. The thing I love is everybody screams. Everybody is just yelling at each other. You moron. You idiot. You got me into this way. Who the hell are you? I mean, it's so cathartic in a time where everyone has to be so reserved and say the right thing. Everyone's just like, you're a moron. <laughs> just slapping each other in the face. It's so much fun. People were just harsher to each other back then. Oh, it was great. I yeah, mean, it's a different world, right? A I mean, totally different world. Not that long ago either. No, you would. Little Rascals and Bill Cosby. It, Did Bill Cosby status false? It says origin: Spanky Alfalfa, Buckwheat, Darla. Just a few of the easily recognizable names were a fond part of the childhoods of generations of kids, beloved characters. Blah blah blah. It's just a rumor that started around 1989. So yeah. where, you, where can you get Little Rascals now? Uh, you could probably just buy it online. I don't know if it's officially on Hulu or anything. I didn't look for that, hmm. but it says it's been in, licensed in the syndication since 1997. Or Bill Cosby has never owned any part of the rights to the Little Rascals. Oh, so it's bullshit. There's another one that popped up. It said he tried to block Amos and Andy from being on TV, too, or something. Bullshit. Yeah, and CBS uh, withdrew Dukes it from syndication. No Amos and Andy. Ted Turner had bought up the rights to the TV show The Dukes of Hazard to keep it off television because of his demeaning the demeaning portrayal of Southerners. The series is well. This is old. It says yeah. it's currently syndicated on TNN. It's not anymore. Yeah, it's just like 10 years Neither ago. rumors, yeah. but that's not true either. They don't um they don't air it anywhere anymore, right? Isn't that the deal? Like they didn't like digitally remove the Confederate flag. No. There was a um something today about the Confederate flag. Oh man. What was in the news today about the Confederate flag? Well, some the mayor, the mayor of New Orleans, has given one of the best speeches I think of our lifetime. Mm. That guy did. The but mayor. Then someone else did something terrible today. Oh really? Civil War Museum closes after spat with Confederate flag. That's not it. Um, this there's, speech. There's you... something about someone refusing to take down the Confederate flag. Confederate flag comes down. Accusations fly. There's something. No, no, no. Um, I don't think that's it. Uh, you'll just be searching. You'll be searching. But it was some another politician who was refusing to take down the Confederate flag. Uh, and you know Mississippi has it as a part of their state flag. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. The he, Mississippi state flag is like a Confederate flag in the corner of it. Right. The mayor of uh, New Orleans, I forget his name, gave this eloquent 20-minute speech about the removal of four statues in New Orleans, mm. Robert E. Lee, Civil War era things. So eloquent. The points he makes, it's really about togetherness, moving ahead. We have to realize that this was a part, this was a wound to our country. And it never healed right. And this is part of making it heal right. And taking down these statues. Try and explain to a five-year-old girl who lives in this city of what that means. Yeah. But it was put up right after the Civil War to let people know. That this is the way things, it was a white supremacist supremacist movement that put those up there. You explain that to a five-year-old girl. How are we going to move forward in the culture if we don't get these removed? This isn't yeah. about hate. This isn't about revenge. This is about moving forward. He, 20 minutes, in, in a time like we're talking about, a rush of just news and constant noise and chatter and tweets, this guy takes 20 minutes, eloquently, calmly, makes the case in a way that my paraphrasing doesn't do it any justice. No, it's bulletproof. 
It's a bulletproof case. Bulletproof. It's so great. Yeah. You know, I think the problem with the Confederate flag and even some of the figures in the Civil War, they get connected in a lot of people's mind to Southern pride. You know, yeah. like where they're from, like Southern Southern pride. Yep. Leonard Skinner, you know, that kind yeah. of shit. I mean, like Don't Leonard Skinner always had that fucking Confederate flag in their shirts, right. man. I know. I mean, it was it wasn't just a racist symbol of white supremacy, but it is a racist symbol of white supremacy. It's both. Yeah, you gotta, right. And you got to kind of give that up and have pride. You can still have pride in the South. You can still be a kick-ass Southerner who yeah. loves the South for all the good reasons. You know what they need to do? They need to come up with a new flag. Like, there's nothing wrong with the South having a flag. Yeah. As long as the South recognizes it's part of America. Like, that's that just something that replaces the Confederate flag but includes everybody. Right. You know, like something that's not connected to a totally. movement to try to keep slavery. That was one comment he made, too. Just, this was a move, a flawed movement. This wasn't fighting for America. This was fighting to tear apart America. Right. And we need new symbols. You know, like a perfect example is the flag of Texas with the star. Yeah. Badass. Look, that's, that's, a, that's like... Texas might as well be its own country, right? Yeah. And that flag, like, that means something. Yeah. You know, they. it's not about white supremacy. It's not no. about, it's about Texas is a badass place. That's a badass flag. You have to have a mentality to live here, and it's inclusive mentality. If you're a Texan, you're a Texan. It doesn't matter if you're black or white. Yeah. I know. They really- they gotta let that go. Man, fucking... the coming to- And you know what made me think that the- I was always kind of back and forth on the Redskins and the Indians- and uh, no, why? Pride is the thing. It's just like what? Because you and your grandfather used to have been supporting the Warriors <laughs> for seventy-two years. Yeah, I was here through that first football. We used to go watch those games together. Me and my grandfather. You're Redskin pride. You're telling me we can't be the Redskins anymore if we have a few liberal pussies? My friend made a great point. He said, "Just it's a business, man. You would just say if you own the Redskins. All right, we're changing it." All that old merch, people are going to be paying through the ass to get. Then you have this new logo. Everyone's going to be buying the new stuff. Right. Just it's going to be a windfall just from the merch. Yeah. Just I mean, if if you if you're not if you're not thinking about the social issues, think of it as just a dollar issue and go for it. People don't want to give up ground. It doesn't make sense because they're worried that crazy liberals are going to come in and nerf everything. It's not liberal. It's just being nice, right? Oh, it's I just, know in this right? case it is, but it's one of the things that people worry about. Yeah. They worry about giving up ground. Because yeah. people are so ridiculous today. They give up a little ground. They'll go fucking crazy. No more Taco Tuesdays. Cultural appropriation. And <laughs> yeah. You can't serve sushi if you're white. Yeah. You know? I know. People just start getting really wacky when Don't it comes to like, giving up ground. Doesn't feel like it's running out of steam a little bit. Yes. It feels like it's becoming more and more preposterous. Like being a social yeah. justice warrior is, is a really ridiculous thing at this point. It really feels like it's become so absurd. Yeah, I mean, it's and not... And from that, I think there's a correction that's been made. I think there are, yeah. are people, like, taking more things into consideration about other people. And, oh, we didn't really think about... Oh, yeah, for sure. ...those families or the, with that group or whatever. But, Yeah, good has know. been done. Yeah, good's Even, been done. I mean, but that's how it always is. The tide goes out, the tide goes in. You can't explain it. Yeah. No, right. Remember that? Bill O'Reilly? Yep. <laughs> no. Wait. You don't remember that? No, no. That was one of the worst arguments he ever had on his show. He was talking about how he's putting his chips on Jesus because you can't explain why the tie goes in, the tie goes out. He was talking to some guy who was an atheist. <laughs> who was he talking to? Dawkins? No. It wasn't Dawkins. David Silverman. Okay. It was so dumb. And he's a dumb argument. And he said, no, you, know, yeah. you can't explain it, but you can't explain it. Of course you can. 
I hear you hear it. It's so stupid. You don't think that's a scam? No, I don't. You, uh, you know, and I'll tell you why. A man that was you know, built by a man? I'll tell you why it's not a scam, in my opinion. Uh -huh. All right? Tide goes in, tide goes out. Never a miscommunication. You can't explain that. You can explain why the tide goes <laughs> tide in. Tide goes in, yeah. tide goes out. See, the out. water, the tide comes in, and it goes out, Mr. Silverman. Uh, maybe it always comes in on top of Mount Olympus, out. who's making the tides go in. <laughs> no, no, but you can't explain <laughs> That's great. Fucking idiot. The look in his eye is like, yeah, I can explain that. Yeah, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> That's you know, there's terrible. There's a moon. It gives, there's gravity. Yeah, right. Causes the wave. Come on, man. That's it's terrible. Tide. You can t time the tide, you fuck. Yeah. They know exactly when it's coming. It's such a bummer. Mm, Being so smart silly. sometimes is a bummer. It takes away all he's your... Not, he's not dumb. I think he's deceptive. I think Bill O'Reilly's just crazy. Yeah. You know? It's amazing that he got kicked out of Fox. It's amazing. They're, they're kicking everybody out. Hannity it's, seems to be holding on. Maybe he's like one of the only Couple ones that didn't participate fled, in the orgies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't have enough dirt on them. Sound like a crazy fuck party over there. All they're doing <laughs> really is like did. trying to get laid. Like Bill O'Reilly's beating off on the phone. I read some article about it. He'd call women up and he'd be beating off and he's talking to them like, whoa. Buddy. Remember when the transcript came out? He was like, I want to be the loofah on your body. Yeah, that is so fucked <laughs> so up. Jesus. In the Jesus, workplace. boy. Uh, yeah, it's so disgusting. Odd. But what? But odd, right? Yeah. You know? I know that that whole place was running like the, it, it was like the Cosby thing. It's like once the one came out, mm -hmm. it was just rapid fire. Yep. Well, when you have a guy who's got that kind of power yeah. and is that, you know, it's just so weird. Yeah, they get bored. <laughs> Again, the weird sexuality thing, right? Mm. It's like it manifests itself in this guy in this way. And, those, it's, ab and it's abusing these women. Those fucking shows, too. Like, all these shows, like, when we really think back, like, we look back at 2017 from the future, and we look at the state of the media today. Yeah. And how, like, one side, whether it's Fox News or whether it's CNN, yeah. will be so heavily leaned in one direction or the other, so obviously editorializing what's going on in the news and their opinions of the news. Well, it's all just entertainment at this yeah. point. It's so gross. I mean, you know, when that horrible thing happened in Manchester at the, at the uh, concert, it's like, okay, that act is heinous, and what happened that night to those people is heinous. But then who does the, all of the other work of scaring the daylights out of the rest of the world? CNN. Running it nonstop for 48 hours, this grainy footage of young girls screaming and crying. No. So much more powerful than what that schmuck did blowing up those people in that place. They're, they're just as negative a force for the public than the terrorists. But they don't care. They're just trying to get attention. They just, just want If you... it bleeds, it leads. That's it's, right. This is a big story. Horrible. And they know that people... But what is their responsibility? Isn't their responsibility to report on the news? Because that's a news story. That's a giant, crazy, tragic event. And sure. they would be remiss if they didn't report on it, right? You can report on it, but you don't have to have me walking with my daughter through an airport and having it blaring out of every television set the right. girls screaming. You could have grown-ups sitting there and analyzing it without sensationalizing it. But it's entertainment. It's this big balls-out entertainment network. It's heinous. I think that's a real good argument, that when people are watching it involuntarily, like at the, at the airport. Can't escape it. Yeah. I cannot escape it. I was trying. I was working on the, uh, this book. I was at the end of this book. I had a deadline. I'm just head down, not trying to follow anything but i was traveling at the same time wolf blitzer is popping out in bars in restaurants at the gate yeah. 
Wetzel's pretzels. More breaking news. Trump did this now. No, no, no. That you can't escape it. So much pressure. There's no responsibility about these. Like, you know, be an old man. Be an old. What happened to like the news re- reporters being like a shitty guy <laughs> that just can't, like delivered the news like as I'm the Walter grandfather Cronkite with the news. They're running ads now on CNN of them like Wolf Blitzer and another couple of them walking through the hall. It's like those ESPN ads. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. When ESPN yeah. would like they'd be walking through the net through the offices of ESPN yeah. making jokes with a mascot. That's what Wolf Blitzer and Kamal Bell and all these people are doing on CNN. What it's are like, they doing? They're I don't walking? Need, they're walking through and they're like, hey, look, there's Anderson Cooper. What's he doing in the office? And it's are a comedy really? bit. Really? Yes. These are the people that are supposed to be delivering the hard news to help you rationalize and make sense of the world. Hey, look at him. He's in there. What's Anderson doing in there? And a punchline. Well, you know what really disturbs me when they do that podcast thing where Anderson Cooper does that 360 where he's sitting at the desk and he'll have four people to his right, four people to his left. 20 people. There's nine people the last time I saw it. Nine people. Yeah, him, yelling at each other. Him and eight people, and everyone's talking over each other. Right. And some people never get a word in edgewise, and people are just jumping in, and it's just... Ugh. Uh, it's the worst. It's all entertainment. Yeah, it's but it's all so edit- editorialized, too. It's like... How can a person just relay to you the information as unbiased as they possibly can? I know. Is that possible today? The closest PBS is as close as I can find it. Yes, it's kind of just factual. They just put it out. Whenever they have uh, they have uh, Shields and Brooks on, it's a. uh, It's not Brooks and Dunn. It's no, (laughs) not Shields and and Yarnell. It's uh, and they just two guys who would never be on any other network because they're funny looking, and they have the conservative view and the liberal view and but it's very matter of fact and factual and not mm. not sensational not shitty to each other it's that's as evenly balanced calm as i can find is pbs news hour who was sean hannity arguing with when he was telling sean hannity that he's bad for america was it ted koppel ted yes. koppel it was ted koppel yeah told yeah. me he was bad for America. And, you know, and, and Sean yes, Hannity was saying something along the lines of, don't you think America's smart enough to make up their own mind, which is just so ridiculous. Well, so candy-ass of him is that he backs out of it and says, well, I'm not a journalist. I'm a talk show host. Let me hear this. Because, uh, you, know, you think we're bad for America? You think yeah. I'm bad for America? Yeah. You do? In the, in the long haul, I think you really? and all these opinion That's shows... That's sad, Ted. No, you know why? That's sad. Because you're very good at what you do and because you have, you have attracted a significantly you more influential... You are selling the American well, people short. Sen- let me finish the sentence before you do that. With all due respect. You, yes. Take you, have, you have attracted people who are determined that ideology is more important than facts. Oh, that's what you need. Those old dudes should be Ooh, running he the tells whole Bill show. O'Reilly he ruined journalism, too. Ted Koppel's on a goddamn rampage. And he's so mad. Put away the loofah sponge, bitch. I got something to say. Um, I've interviewed him a number of times. Not an easy interview. Uh, how would you do it? You know something, Bill, you and I have talked about this general subject many times over the years. It's irrelevant how I would do it. And uh, you know who made it irrelevant? You did. 
Uh, you have changed the television landscape over the past 20 years. You took it from being objective and dull to being subjective and entertaining. And in this current climate, it doesn't matter what the interviewer asks him. Mr. Trump is going to say whatever he wants to say, it, as outrageous as it may be. Okay, but you know, your old network ABC does interview Mr. Trump on a regular basis. Yeah. And, you know, our job, whether I'm a commentator or a reporter, is to get as much information, number one, and two, show the viewer who the person really is. So again, I'll go back to, he's sitting on Nightline, you're opposed, right opposite him. How do you do it? Well, the first way you do it is not in the interview. You do it by some reporting. It's, it's an old-fashioned concept, but I think <laughs> demonstrating who and what Mr. Trump is and what his various policies really amount to uh, is something you don't do in an interview. He doesn't answer the questions. You pointed out, it's a whole different ballgame on cable TV. Commentators like me have just ruined the country. I, I cop to that. It's true. You All have. Right, right. I've ruined everything. It's true. It's entertainment. Like, just give us the news. But there, you know, there's so much money in it. And it's but just, I mean, why do they have to? Here's the question: Why can't they just put on an entertaining show that makes money? Like, whose responsibility is it to relay the news to the people? Is it Fox News' responsibility? I mean, don't they have some sort of a, a an out that they're an entertainment program? Yeah, but they're not. I mean, but are they? What are they? What is it? News channel. Fox News. Let's say you decide. Fox News. I understand. But let's say you decide to call the a show the Tom Papa News, mm -hmm. and you start talking about the news. Like, do you have a very specific need to like? If we know you as an entertainer, and Bill O'Reilly was always an entertainer. He was a entertainment news reporter on hard copy before he was ever on on this. Mm -hmm. Right. So we know he's that guy. Do, would you have a response like who has a responsibility to tell the news in an objective sense like if you can editorialize you can write things out and you can decide which stories should get the most coverage like during the, the campaign CNN was all about the sexual harassment cases against Trump and then Fox News was all about Hillary and her email scandal right, right. I mean they, they just decided yeah once I was gonna go like who's to say what you can and can't do when it comes to that we don't really have like a hard fast rule when it comes to television journalism I mean, we think New York Times, we think, you know, in certain newspapers that have yeah. a, a great, you know, we have respect for them. Right. They have a certain amount of... Uh, Fact-checking. Yeah, and, and reliability, or responsibility, rather. You can right. re reliably assess that this is going to be the news. Right. right. To a certain extent. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's once you start a 24-hour news s station... Mm-hmm. It's a beast that's got to be fed. And how do you keep those people attracted? But is it even really a 24-hour news station? I mean, think about what CNN is. They have W. Kamau Bell's show. Right. They have Anthony Bourdain's show. They used to have that Tim Ferriss show. They've got a bunch of shows that have... They have the Morgan Sparlock show. Right. Nothing to do with news. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, other than, you know, you haven't seen the show before. Hey, right. this is new. Look, they might be talking about some information you might not have heard before. But it's not like a breaking news show. Yeah, but I think... I think that, I mean, what does CNN stand for? Cable News Network. Yeah, and Fox News. I think once people, once you know that people are looking to you as the news, there should be some responsibility. I think that there's somebody, some grown-up has to be, you know, in control of that. But, you know, these are stocks. You know, these are, these are parts of giant corporations with stock prices, and the people running it are, are going to meetings, and get raked over the coals when their ratings are down. 
And what are you going to do about it, Jeff Zucker? Maybe it's going to be like when WWF had to change their name to WWE. <laughs> yeah. So there'll be C and E. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, if you put an old man news station on, yeah. right? And we'd be like, okay, finally, this is like old measured man and news. good and it's all sides. And this is America first before party. We'd probably do dog shit ratings. <laughs> you mm. know what I mean? Because it doesn't have all the other people going crazy on it. Yeah. You know, it's just, you just hope that uh, they'll kind of muddle through it and end up. They just want grown-ups in charge. Yeah. Know? What's the dude, the CNN, the dude, the GQ guy that's in his basement again? It's uh, the resistance. Keith Olbermann. Somebody, somebody's got to somebody's got to put that dude on TV again. Comedy Central. Just let him write his own shit. I saw like a, a clip of him. Like it really looks like he's he's on a cable news network he, somewhere. He doesn't have a makeup person anymore. Nope. He's just he's it's just him a fake desk and these incredibly verbose speeches. I know insulting Trump over and over again yeah. and saying it's a coup and we've sold out to the Russians and this is an invasion. Make no mistake about it. We are the resistance. Oh, God. He's super intense. Yeah, I know. But it's got that weird cable access feel to it. It really does. He's, like, he's, he used to be like with all these people around now, he's down to printing his own pages, <laughs> collating his own scripts. Yeah. Oh, so, somebody somebody t tweeted about it the other day Yeah, about what a fucking nut he is. Oh, really? And I didn't... Uh, you know, I hadn't been paying attention lately. He's hard to find. Well, he's not. I mean, he's he's out there on that GQ page. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. You I just text coming in. Yeah, my on, you know my dog is is in the emergency room. What did they say? Is it a snake bite? Uh, Bella can come home between four thirty and six. Oh, that's good. So she knows that we're on the air, so she doesn't want to disturb. But I want to find out what it was. Yeah, I hope it wasn't a snake bite. Snake venom is expensive. It's the snake antidote, very expensive. So if you're on the trail like I was, and the and the and the snake bit you in the leg, ooh, I don't big know, big bite in your thigh. We should find that out. What do you do? It's a good question. Because that could happen to us. Like that's one yep. of the things we really should know. Dude, like I said, ran over a snake once. I was running with my dogs, <laughs> you and like there was a snake. Snakes. No, this one I didn't run over. Like hit. Yeah. This one I I just saw in the road. I was running. And uh, I jumped over this stick, and as I was jumping over the stick, I realized it was a rattlesnake. A really? big one. Stretched out. Oof. Flattened out on the road. On the trail. Just completely flattened out. And it was, you know, the length of my arms. Yeah. It was, it was a big-ass fucking it's a snake. big snake. It was thick, like my wrist around. It was a fucking thick old snake. So that's a lot of venom that would come out of that head. I guess. I've heard of, I don't know if it's a myth or not, but I heard that the young ones are actually more dangerous because they unload all their venom, whereas the older ones just give you a little zap. <laughs> the old ones like, dude, relax. Well, they're, they're more, they're smart. That's keep the snake crazy. bite victim, victim calm, keeping them still and quiet. Restrict movement and keep the affected area at or below heart level to reduce the flow of venom. Remove any rings or constricting items and clothing as the affected area may swell. Allow the bite to bleed freely for 15 to 30 seconds before cleansing. Create a loose splint to help restrict the movement of the area. Contact medical help as soon as possible. See below. Evacuate the victim immediately by hiking to a car, a helicopter, or medical staff. Monitor the person's vital signs, temperature, pulse, rate of breathing, and blood pressure if possible. What does it say you do? So, so number six, evacuate the victim immediately by hiking to a car. Mm. So does that mean that the person who's been bit can hike? Hold on a second. Would it, do not waste time hunting for the snake. 
and do not risk another bite if it's not easy to kill the snake while wow, they're trying to tell you to kill it. After it has been killed, a snake can still bite for up to an hour, so be careful while transporting it. Holy shit. Yay. That's that's scary. But that's kind of, they're kind of like saying, look, I know you're going to kill this fucking snake. Yes, I looked it up for a hiking because... Uh, if you yeah. want to do it when you're in a house, it's giving you other information. So right. It's just like specific for a hike. Yeah. So it still doesn't say if you should move or not. It definitely says you're supposed to stay still, but if you have to walk a mile to your house yeah. uphill, yeah, you, you got to go. I guess well, the splint is a loose splint to help restrict. Google, what do you do if you get bit by a snake and you're hiking alone? It's a lot of words. Yeah. Yeah. My dog is, uh, we have no information. The doctor will tell us when oh, we get there. Interesting. What, what, it's need to know basis. What is that? I have to show your papers first. That's the worst. <laughs> My last cat that died, it was like, we don't know. We're going to have to run a test. Okay, fine. Run the test. It's going to be $1,500. Okay, run it. $1,500. Okay, that didn't come. It's inconclusive. We're going to have to run another test. Well, why? Well, if, if you want to try and save it, we're going to be up to three grand. All right, run the test. And then, all right, now we're three grand in the hole. We, we didn't find out. There's no way to cure it. They put the cat down. Oof. And then they say, do you want us to do an autopsy? Well, what? for sure. Why? Why? Can you do one on the moon? For another two great. <laughs> <laughs> it says, my snake questions on Reddit. Okay, no first aid. It is much better than performing bad for, oh. No first aid is much better than performing bad first aid. Don't cut at or around the side of the bite. Don't compress the bitten limb with a cord or a tight bandage. Don't attempt to extract yeah. or neutralize venom using electricity, fire, permagranate. Permagranate? Pomegranate? No, it says permagranate. Permagranate. Permagranate? Salt. What is that? Uh, like an orange salt, with seeds. black stones, uh, mouths, mud, leaves, etc. All snake bite kits are dangerous and should not be used. Wow. Uh. This was also confirmed by the snake, snake bite poison line. <laughs> a lot of snake bite patients injure themselves by panicking directly after a snake bite, by tripping over a rock or a tree trunk, or by falling off the cliff side of the trail. Staying calm is important. After a snake bite... Walk about 20 to 30 feet away from the snake. Find a safe, safe place to sit down ASAP. The uh -huh. venom can rapidly diffuse into your system. Uh, this can drop your blood pressure too low to pump all the way to your head while standing. Whoa. Ew. Sitting down reduces your chances of fainting within the first few minutes. If you faint, shouldn't be more for more than a few minutes. Remove any ring, any rings, watches, or tight rings. clothing. Well, it's gonna you're gonna swell up. Yeah. Anything else from the bitten limb because the swelling will make a lot it a lot bigger soon. Take five minutes to calm down and plan your evacuation. The only effective treatment for a snake bite evenomation is the right anti venom to neutralize it. Really? Do not wait for symptoms to appear. If bitten, it's important to get in touch with the emergency pers personnel as soon as possible to get you to a hospital. If you have a cell phone and service. Great. Call 911 or the park ranger if there's no service. Think about the last time you had phone service. Cell phones, man. We didn't have a cell phone. That was the other thing. Mm, yeah, I was like, man. no, we're going to disconnect. Look at this. You're supposed to circle the location of the snake bite and write down the time next to it. So when they find you dead? Yeah. Draw a circle around the border of the swelling and write down the time. Write down all the things you're experiencing that are not normal. So now we have pens on us? Yeah, we have markers. <laughs> <laughs> Examples are metallic taste in your mouth, changes to your sense of smell, sudden loss of vision, double vision, visual disturbances, 
ringing in the ears, headache, nausea, and vomiting, bleeding from anywhere, dizziness, shortness of breath, etc. Yeah, et we know it's bad. That's not good. Oh, down there, make contact via cell phone. If this is not possible, walk slowly to get help. That's the key. Drink some water and take some calories if you have any. Hmm. Some snake bite victims walk several miles after serious snake bites to their legs. Okay. Okay, they make it out fine. So I should have hiked out. They make it out to medical care. Yeah, you hike out. You don't so be a hike pussy. out. Don't be you a man, pussy. Man the fuck up. You kill that cunt of a snake, that evil serpent. Look at that serpent. How did you kill it? You just stomped on it? Stomped on his head. His head? Yeah. That's where the bitey part comes from. <laughs> if you're faster than the bitey part, <laughs> stomp him. <laughs> I got a good sidekick. You were not wearing flip-flops. No. No, I was wearing, I think I was wearing uh, trail sneakers. Oh, right. Those got a little something to them. A little grip. It was a dumb move. You shouldn't do it. I wouldn't recommend it. I would probably never do it again, but in the moment, it was the thing to do. I like that you just thought, I have a shot here. I'm going to just take it. His predatory instincts. I was like, this motherfucker's sleeping on me. (laughs) He does not think I'm going to stomp him. I have to stomp him. Yeah. This is good Memorial Weekend stuff. Things to bring in your trail. A phone Phone and a Sharpie. Sharpie. Well, I always have that with me in case people want autographs. It's a good move. I, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about getting some snake boots. Jamie, pull up snake boots because I've been. I'm looking at some snake boots. If they're thigh high, I'm walking out. I will stomp the fuck out of every <laughs> snake I see if I get a, a, a some thigh high Wonder Woman style. Hey, <laughs> hey Tom, you want to come stomping this weekend? We're yeah, going snake there we stomping. Go. Snake boots. Wow. What if it gets you right above that and you feel like such a fucking idiot because you're walking around? <laughs> these... Yeah, these go about like. Up to your knee. What are those cowboy boot-looking ones with the red? Are those like Kevlar on the side of them? Click on that bitch. Chippewa. Chippewa boots. Those are. I could see you in that with a big red hat. Pimp hat. A girl on uh, <laughs> FarmersOnly.com. <laughs> you don't have to be lonely at FarmersOnly.com. I don't know what to do if I get bit by a snake. I want Ugh. a gal who knows how to catch a bass. <laughs> This 17-inch boot has a brown leather foot and cordura top to allow for breathing. There's also a Goodyear leather welt. What's a welt? The bottom, I guess. Cushioned insoles and leather line don't get caught by a snake without a pair. The leader in snake-proof boot business become the standard of quality and durability that will support the hunter in reptile-infested areas. Merry Christmas, honey. I got you something. <laughs> At Farmers I guess only most of the time, they probably just bite straight ahead, right? These things probably work. Yeah, look at that, that, look at that one. Where that these people live that they need these Freaky boots. bitch. It's got over-the-knee, snake-proof boots. She's got snake-proof stilettos that look like a snake. That's just vicious. Are you looking for a blowjob in a bass boat? <laughs> Farmers only. <laughs> you don't have to be lonely. Like, could you imagine if you were wearing those stupid-looking boots and that fucking snake lunged forward, and you saw the teeth, you're like, this cunt is going to get me right above the boot. And bam, he locks onto your kneecap and fills it up with hot venom. And you have to look in his fucking reptilian ancient eyes, his heartless, soulless eyes, as he pumps his toxin into your fucking bloodstream. And you're still wearing those stupid boots. <laughs> You looking for a hand job in a motorboat? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be lonely. Yeah. Um, how much sex has ever happened in those those boats in Florida with the fans? Oh, yeah. The giant fans. Look at that. Look, Look at snake. that. It's biting you. I'm biting you. Those are cool. But okay. where where are these people hiking all the time that they're getting so many rattlers? Dude, up here. 
You, you know, go up in the hills right above the studio, man. There's fucking snakes all over the place. The point of wearing these boots? <sighs> if you're a guy who has to do it all the time, if you're a person that's up there all the time, I would recommend them. Like, yeah. okay, let's find out where do most people get bitten by snakes? <laughs> what part of the body do most people get bitten oh, by snakes? Oh, part of the body. Yeah. I thought you were talking city. No. <laughs> I was going to say St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I bet it's uh, I bet it's the the calf, like the calf area, shin calf area. It makes sense, right? You looking for a hand job in a haystack? <laughs> so it's greater than ninety percent happen on the leg. Mm. On the, the leg. leg, yeah, they're low. They're ground creatures. They're not flying around. What if you have good muay thai and you have good leg checks and you get the, those knees up high? You see a thing coming, you check it. Yeah, I bet I bet none of those guys have gotten hit by a snake. Bet none of them. They're fast. Snake, they're not, you know, they're not that quick. They're the springy. real problem is if you if you startle them. Yeah, the re that's where it's really fucked up. If you startle them, yeah, but they have to. That's what I did. The thing about a snake is that they have to come up in order to get you. So if a snake is flat like that, like the snake that I saw, he was right. flat, and I was like, oh, you're dead. Like you're not gonna be able to get up quick enough. Mine was coiled. Mm. Yeah, this is they have a what they call a strike height. And they can make it above some leather boots. So some people are asking about if they can get Kevlar jeans mm. so that they don't go through their jeans. That's a good move. So they don't really, you, you don't have to wear snake-proof underpants. I want a snake-proof condom. Just strap it. Maybe strap those steel it right jeans over. that uh, Michael Malice was talking about. I doubt it. <laughs> those would probably help guide the, the venom <laughs> right into your fucking leg. Act as like a little little slide. You want to do, do it doggy style at a blue-collar concert? <laughs> A state fair? <laughs> How about state fair? Uh, state fairs are odd, man. They're really if weird. If you see a band at a state fair, even if there's a lot of people at the state fair, the caveat is always that it's a state fair. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know? At the state fair. Yeah. I like go to see Ted Nugent at the state fair. <laughs> probably packed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Ted's here. Woo! <laughs> you know? I once got an offer when I was first starting as a comic to do. Uh, the offer was get a you would drive a van with with all the stuff for the stage in it to the state fair help the help the crew build the stage load everything onto the stage and stuff and then you drive at the end of the show you know you do a little comedy host a little and then you drive to the next you break down the stage load it up then you drive to the next city and the routing was like starts in buffalo next <laughs> night phoenix next night charlotte north carolina then Rochester, <laughs> then back to Tucson, Arizona. I was like, I said to my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, we should just get on the motorcycle and just drive all these places without these state fair shows. Yeah, and, and that's what pay we did. Money? Yeah, and then they pay you, but it was but not much, right? That was terrible. So we ended up. That's what we did. We took the motorcycle and went for five weeks, just did all you? around the U.S. On yeah, a motorcycle. Yeah, that's a pretty gangster move. Man. It was gangster. We'd only been dating for like six months. Ooh, that's a show of gal you care. That's yeah. That's a good show of gal you care move. You're really invested. That's what we Go got. On a trip with her. Got back from that. We were like, all right, I guess we'll get married because that went well. That's Bill Murray's advice. Bill Murray says if you're thinking about marrying someone, travel the world with them. Yeah. You'll be hot and miserable. You find out what they're really all about. Absolutely. Mm. I've lost some friends we went on vacations with. Really? Yeah. They fall apart on you. Yeah, they get shitty. They can't go with the flow. Yeah. They get all pissy, you know, because the, the car didn't show up or. Mm. You miss the train. You know, it's a little stressful when you travel. Yeah, that is a problem with some people, right? Yeah. They just don't know how to keep it together when things aren't the going the best. Just 
They're pissy. Yeah. That that Hannity mo- move when he's like, really, Ted? Really? Well, that's sad. That guy. You don't want to travel with that guy. He's a silly boy. You just get pissy. That kind of like the kid who's been picked on kind of thing. But you know what the problem with those guys is? There's many problems. But one of the big problems is they're always in combat. They're always, always co- fighting. They're always forcing their opinions. They're always pushing their opinions with a lot of energy and emphasis. And they're always resisting anything that is contrary to their opinions. Yeah. Never considering them. Never going over it, like yeah, really, right? Objectively, it's always this, this, which is a natural, not na- that natural knee-jerk reaction that all of us are subjected to. Yeah, we're all subject to that kind of uh, unfortunate defense of our ideas, yeah. our initial idea. There's a book I'm, I do not know the name. I'll find out and post it, but that my friend read, and he's a conservative, and. It's basically about that. It's how to take, hear something, recognize what your initial knee-jerk reaction is because of where you stand and what you believe. Yeah. And evaluate it and give yourself a beat to say, wait, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. And try and work your way around the argument. And uh, he really believes in this book. It's like we're so all naturally set. For these trigger words, like you hear Hannity or you hear Trump or you hear Hillary or you hear Clintons and everybody has their preconceived beliefs. So you just back up whatever those stories are. Yeah. And this book is about breaking that down and trying to be more open and more logical. I've definitely tried to work on that a lot during my time that I've been doing the podcast. I've, yeah. got, I've gotten way better at it. I'm definitely not the best at it, Yeah, but it's something I'm way better at now than I was when I first started doing the podcast. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because you realize like how much it gets in the way of a good conversation. Right. It gets in the way of understanding how other people think. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes you have to dig your heels in and defend your position because you think the other person's being illogical. Yeah. And that's okay, too, but I think it's also important to look at what someone else is saying and try to make see if it makes any sense at all and it might not yeah but give it a chance but give it a chance give it, give it a chance yeah no that's great i try so to when just you... like look at someone from someone else's point of view i try to go okay so where explain it to, like where are you coming from like just try to i try to do it with no judgment i try to just like really get into yeah. their head so when you when you do take opinions and you do analyze it and come down and say you know x is wrong i believe x is wrong do you um read your Twitter feed do you like because it seems like anytime you're in something public and you side anyway you know one issue and you go this way or that way you're getting attacked do you have that you would definitely have that yeah I've, I've got that and do you take it to heart or you're just no. like no these people just exist and that's just the way no, it I mean, is. I mean I analyze myself I mean I'll, I'll listen to some of it yeah if, if it's valid I know I definitely know I've fucked up before sure and when I have fucked up before I've read things that people said that it didn't feel good to read it yeah but I knew that they were probably right right and so you just you know when you're doing a live show and you're just kind of freeballing the yeah. whole time and it's and comedy the whole time and you, sometimes it's comedy yeah. and sometimes it's just sometimes it gets heated and sometimes there's booze involved you know? right <laughs> yeah there's all of those but yeah. um you know I mean it's just are you trying to get better all the time? Trying to do it better. Right. And if you are, this is just a part of the process. Right. And um, there's value in feedback. Yeah. But there's also you have to understand like how many people with, you know, how many people are just trolling you? How many people don't yeah. like you for whatever reason? How many right. people just you go? I've gone to people's pages. They'll say something insulting, and you go to their page, and it's just them insulting everybody. Right. Everybody I know. they can. I know. 
there's some people that choose to do that with their time and hey this is america you're allowed to do that yeah but i think overall the more time goes on the less I spend looking at any of that shit, yeah. the better off I am. So I'm less likely to look at that shit now than I ever have before. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, because like, so, like you say, like you, some of it you want to see and it, it is good feedback and like, you know, there is a good rapport like with, you know, and then the other people are just like, they make it almost impossible to find the good ones because it's just, just because you said one word yeah. and look, you know, we're comedians, we're just curious people, we're always trying to figure stuff out. You know, we're very similar in that we're not down on either any one side, any one team. We're really trying to figure out life and trying to figure things out. So you're allowed to try and be like, I don't think this is right or I don't think that's right. And then, but the teams, people from the teams yeah. just pounce. Yeah. Well, you can't think that way. Well, I'm trying to figure it out. I don't know if this is a... An oil grab? I don't know if this is. But don't you think that's also news? what makes um, social inter social media and interaction with people so interesting? Is that people can throw their opinion into the ring? Yeah, you know, throw their hat into the ring, as it were. You know, like they they read something that you say or they heard something that you said in a clip, and then they they argue with you about it. Yeah, if it's if it's if it's a a smart argument. Yeah, not just a knee jerk. You know, I hope you die because you said that. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? You'd love to. You know. I mean, that's some of the best conversations you can have are when you don't agree with somebody and you're just kind of like going back and it can get heated, sure. but it's not insulting. Yeah. That's the big key. And it's also you, when you explore why you believe something and I believe something different and you go back and forth over it, if you do do it respectful and you do get to right. understand where that person's coming from, yeah. like sometimes it makes it even more obvious to everybody listening and to you that they're wrong. Right. Or that you're wrong. Like right. whatever the fucking honest answer is, yeah. it, gets, it gets sort of illuminated. And it doesn't get illuminated when you get locked up in this battle. Right. There's people that will form sides. Like, but if you can get to the objective, okay, what what makes you believe that that is true? Right. And then they tell you, and you go, well, that is actually not true. Let's find the facts. Or I didn't know that. Right. Now I'm looking at my initial position differently. And don't be married to that initial position because yeah. it's just an opinion. But opinions to us are almost like markers of our self-esteem. If you can't, if you can't. Um, uh, defend that position, then you fucked up initially, and you're yeah. off, and you're you're flawed. So people like dig in and they try to defend that position, even when they know it logically, right? It doesn't make sense. It's like they get married to it. And even if you you're with somebody and you're engaged and you're having this real back and forth about something, and you both are dealing with the facts, but you still have your opinion that no, I'm still siding with this way and I'm siding with that way. You can still respect each other. Yeah, it's when you go. When it becomes this personal insult is where you lose it, right? I mean, right. I know people in my family, people, you know, that I work with, whatever, who have total different views, vote differently, act differently, do whatever, but I love them. Yeah. They're just great people. And you can't, they're, to, you shouldn't have to dissolve relationships because of a political point of view about a certain issue. Right. There's, you know, that's what's so great. My whole family was like, my grandfather was hard right my uncle was hard left and they would argue and fight but they loved each other and everybody kind of got along and just ate their potatoes after, after the argument some people can't do that right some people if you don't agree with them you can't hang out with them yeah about everything yeah about it's, and then some people will have like these crazy arguments where you just you can't be right or wrong you don't know what you're talking about and you're still like climate change how many people have you talked to that will just go hard one way or the other on climate change yeah and then when you start talking to them about it 
like you actually ask them, what makes you think that climate change is just a cycle and that human beings are not involved? In it? Right. Well, it's been shown that it's been a lot of the data has been hoaxed and a lot of the. And then if you just go deeper, deeper, deeper down the rabbit hole, you find out they haven't looked into it that much. Right. Very few people arguing pro or against yeah. man-made climate change have really looked into it. Yeah. Most people are just sort of taking the consensus view that they hear from scientists or from pundits or from people in the right. news. And if you're on the left, you're most likely thinking that we're in deep trouble. And if you're on the right, you're more likely to dismiss it. Yeah. I mean, that's why, back to why we need grown-ups to like, control some of the news and give you facts so you can kind of decide stuff. It's because you don't have the time to research climate change on your own. You've got kids, you've got a dog that's got a, wants you to whack off with the, your foot. <laughs> There's a lot going on in your life. So you depend on others who are really, who are invested in giving you the right information. So what do you do? Do you tell them that they have to just say like, okay, if you're gonna call something in news, should we have like a thing where there's, an, uh, you, you have to like meet a standard of ingredients like we looked <laughs> at your ingredients and you have trans fats in your news right and you have uh, all this other bullshit like this you can't sell this as food uh, right this right. is not news yeah you can't make this food. it should be right. yeah it should be because like for for like Hannity to say I'm a talk show host that's fine I'm, more power to you but then there should be a thing a little logo up in the corner that says opinion show right. like a little O and then there should be an N on the top of the whatever show that's just giving you facts for the day. Right. The problem really is calling it a news network and having opinion people on a news network. Right. But that's the same with Anderson Cooper when he's rolling his eyes at Kellyanne Conway. Yeah, the things that's they, the same shit. It's the same stuff. It's right. the same shit. He's just doing on the other side. And maybe he's correct that what she's saying is ridiculous, but he's clearly editorializing by doing that. Yes, it's all opinion shows, yeah. you know. And then you need somebody Don Lemon. You need an old you need Ted Koppel to just yeah. sit there with his little face and just give you the boring news and put an N on it. And, and when he goes on opinion shows, he lets them know. Yeah. I mean he's letting these guys know, like, hey, you're ruining everything. <laughs> yeah. There's I don't no have time to watch anything, frankly. Good for you. But where do you get your news? Do you just read articles? I read, uh, I, yeah. I mean, stuff pops up on my phone. You read the Times? I read the Times. I get the Times delivered every day. Look at you, like a real man. Yeah. Do you uh, have toast? Gentleman's toast? Yes, I do. The gentleman's breakfast. The gentleman's breakfast, and you eat the- Van Gogh is this great- uh, this, Painter? This great- <laughs> The painter has this great, uh, had this great quote about what it takes to do good work, and you have to have- uh, you have to have your, uh, your smoke your pipe, have a uh, a fling once in a while, something like, uh, and have a, a moment to yourself to have coffee, to have your coffee by yourself. Mm. And I really try and carve that out every day. I, it's not going to make me Van Gogh, but it, it just, right. I really believe those things. Like to just sit with your coffee for a couple minutes mm. and just in peace, just have that. Those moments, like even when you're talking about making your bread, yeah. those moments make you more of a person. Those moments of thought and careful consideration of what you're doing, relaxation. Totally. You sitting there and eating the bread, just oh. having a slice of toast and a coffee and just sit for 10 minutes mm. before you embark on whatever madness you're going to do for the day. You know, that's one those of the moments big, are important. It's one of the big rituals for backcountry hunters, uh, bringing coffee. Guys will, you know, weight is a very big thing right. when you're, you're backcountry hunting and hiking. Like when these guys go deep into the backcountry, you know, there are several miles deep into the woods. Yeah, I used to do it all the time. And they, the, a lot of guys will bring like a little jet boil uh -huh. and packets of coffee 
and they'll mm-hmm. cook up some hot water and they'll sit together and they'll well they'll like have a moment to be a person again it's and cool. sit down let's have a cup of coffee interesting and they'll they'll use these little plastic cups and you know they pour their coffee and they're sitting there drinking on the side of the mountain and then they feel like oh I got a moment of pleasure a moment of relaxation important and there's other stuff they didn't put in the packs just so they could have that yes right well they just carry that extra weight especially the jet yeah. boil jet boil is probably like a pound or so yeah you know you're carrying water anyway so you just boil in that water and you pour in those you know they have those Starbucks little uh, Virtu yeah. I think they're called yeah the, is that um, what it's called what are those Starbucks yeah uh, little packets the called what's it called the Verismo that yeah is that what's called Verismo. Yeah, it's just like yeah, like a little packet, like instant coffee. What do thing was Virtu? What is a Virtu? That's a something, right? Oh, they make have it's a like electronic or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, whatever those Starburst, those those Starburst, those Starbucks instants are really good. Those yeah, they packets. are good. Yeah, I mean, it tastes like real coffee. I used like, to make figure out how to do it now. I used to make my shitty New York apartment because did they, you? yeah, because they didn't have a good coffee maker. I was like, these this will do me well, dude. If you want to make coffee, if you're at home, all you need is a French press. That is the way yeah. to go. Yeah, that's they, the way to go. It is the best. It's a little mucky cleanup yeah i guess it's but it's definitely not but it's a few steps but the the oils from the coffee yeah like if you're a a person who enjoys the actual flavor of coffee no milk no nothing just give it to me uh, like a man that's what i drink it these days and i get way less complaints on the podcast about me clearing my throat Oh yeah, that was a problem before. Why? Because you had stuff in the coffee. I drank the bulletproof coffee with the butter and the uh, MCT uh, oil, and it was making you phlegmy. That butter coffee makes you super phlegmy. And I'd be like, <clears throat> What am I drinking here? Black coffee. Just black Caveman coffee. coffee. It's the best. Saber tooth roast. It's really good. It's goddamn savage. It's good. Uh, no, those those moments are really important in life. I really believe like those little quiet. Mm-hmm things that have been passed on like if things have been around for thousands of years and people have figured it out the cocktail hour the moment the quiet moment you know before bed or in the morning when you're having your coffee those things are figured out for a reason there people have figured out this is the way to live this is you know it really is it really is the way to live yeah and if you can pull it off and they're so small and they're so deep and they're so valuable yeah. You know what I mean? It's not a giant trip to Vegas. It's not, oh, I've got to m- make a million dollars. It's sitting with your pipe and a coffee. That simple little thing is so much better for your soul than all this giant stuff that we end up chasing. Yeah. Small. Yeah. Um, I was uh, interviewing uh, Dr. Robert Sapolsky yesterday, uh-huh. a famous scientist. And one of the things I was uh, doing is going over some of his work, listening to some of his previous e- uh, interviews and reading some of his articles and stuff. And he had this th- thing about meditation. Oh, yeah. And essentially one of the things that he was saying about meditation is like it can be effective, but you have to do it all the time. Right. Like it's not something you can do once a week. Like meditation is something that should become a daily part of your routine. And Does- then you can it'll help you mitigate stress. But Does I think it's kind twice of, a day or can you do it once a day? He didn't specify, you know, he's talking about all the different forms that it takes to, there's a bunch of different kinds and there's not necessarily one that works best. Uh-huh. You know? One might, But I think that what you're doing when you're making your bread, I think that's a meditation. I really do. Yeah. In a way. In a way. It's not like when I really meditate and you sit for 20 minutes and right. you don't slow, like it slows your heart rate. It slows, right. And you're not asleep. It actually calms you deeper than sleep. I used to, and I still do, call martial arts moving meditation uh-huh. because martial arts make you think so much 
about the movements and about what you're doing. It's so much intensity and so much danger involved in them that they make you have like very singular focus. Uh-huh. And then in that singular focus, there's some sort of a cleansing that happens right. with your mind. It's yeah. like by just dr- going hard at these things, it relieves stress in a way. Completely. And- that uber focus on anything, right? Like when I used to, when I had a motorcycle and my father still does it, and you know, I mean, it's his thing. Like, you know, I have comedy and other things to put my mind into. But he still does it, and I get it. I mean, when you're on that bike, it's your survival. Where's your dad live? He lives in uh, New York. City? No, uh, upstate New York. So is he in a place where you could ride a bike and not worry about yeah, it's not people like out being here. methed out? Yeah. Running you over while they're texting But he boyfriend. goes everywhere. He goes, like, on these trips, like, excuse me. Up all the way in the mostly East Coast, but he's done all of Europe. He's done all of the U.S. You ever wipe out? No. <laughs> Never wiped out. Never wiped out. Wow. No. That's incredible. Yeah. How'd you do that? You're the only guy I've ever heard of. Really? I don't know. I, don't I was think... I was uber safe as you know, as I could be. You know, you're still dependent on other people. But the only <laughs> the only time I fell over was my wife and I pulled into a Days in in like Kansas, and we done a lot of highway just straight you know hours just going and we pulled up to the days in and the routine was we'd pull in at the end of the day and she would go in to check into the hotel and I would take care of the bike and we pulled into a days in and she got she hopped off the bike and I just never took my feet off the pegs because I was so tired and I just like Benny Hill just slowly tipped over oh, to no. the side <laughs> did you get hurt now the the bar kind of caught it it just feel like a sh- a snub that's pretty good yeah as far as like all the Did accidents no yeah no i t- i went with uh, a couple of friends yeah from fear factor we were all taken at the same time <clears throat> motorcycle safety course oh yeah and while i was doing it two people i know got in car accidents on motorcycles really yeah and then one person i know saw a person get hit saw someone space Oy. out on their phone, ran into some guy from behind, sent uh, him flying through the air, just just hit him, yeah, just bang. It's terrible. I know. I I was lucky, but once I came out here, I had it in New York City for a long time, which was kind oh, of manageable. Jesus. I would do like spots. Me and Greg Giraldo would go between clubs, and it was night, so it was kind of a little more mellow, and it was all right. But once I came out here, I was like, "There's no way." I just had kids and. Yeah, my career was starting to go okay, and I'm like, there's too much to lose. I mean, and yeah. this place is nuts with driving as it is, and uh, everybody drives out here too, as opposed right. to New York. Those are professionals. That's right. Yeah, you're you right. Know? You're I mean, right. Not, it's not that they're better at it, but you know. But man, I was in San Francisco a couple of weeks ago, and I went into a Ducati Triumph shop. Oh God, it made me want to get back on. Oh, they're so beautiful. I've never ridden a Ducati, but I've stared at a bunch of them. Oh, and these were like the touring Stare. ones. Like I wasn't even interested in like the real crotch rocket. Like mm. they've got these touring ones that are so beautiful, badass. Ducatis have a cool sound to them too. They really do. Very distinct. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I do miss it for sure. Look at those fucking things. Ooh. Yeah, the new Triumphs. They're made to look like the old Triumphs. Damn, those look great. I know. Looks like so much fun. So much fun. Oh, look at that fucking bike. That's yeah. a Ducati with the double tailpipes. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. 
How could you not want to just leave everybody and oh just go? Oh, my God. It's probably so fun. <laughs> yeah. And now, apparently, those things kind of have, like, self-balancing properties to them. Really? Uh, well, like they, gyros? Well, they have, like, uh, traction control, some of them do now. And there was one that Jamie yeah. showed that some bike from the future that holds itself up. What was wow. that a BMW? Is that who made it? Really? There's some new BMW bike that doesn't look like any bike you've ever seen before. It looks like some total Tron shit. Jeez. Some space age shit. And this bike is, I think it's right, it's a concept right now. Go full screen so we can look at this shit. Yeah, what BMW is doing is pretty. Um, but if this happens, the, Jamie was saying they were saying you don't need a helmet, yeah, which that's is what like, they said. The fuck oh, really? I mean, I'm just repeating what they said. <laughs> so look at these <laughs> Jamie's goggles. Jamie's declared. <laughs> you don't even need to wear clothes. Look at the goggles <laughs> they have on. She's got these goggles that are like virtual reality headsets. Go back so you can see those goggles before she puts them on. Like, look at this. Look at this fucking bike, man. It's gorgeous. And this thing it looks is like a, Tom Cruise in the uh, yeah. Look, so she can see like the speedometer and everything comes through your vision. Oh wow! Look at that. Look at that. This is crazy. It's got big fat Batman tires. That's gorgeous, dude. Look, it's got a navigation system. It's showing on the goggles Jeez. while she's riding around. Like this is crazy. That's amazing. Is this coming soon? I don't know if it's ever coming, yeah. really. It might be bullshit. No way. All this stuff always comes out. But watch. She stands off of it, and it stays up on its own. It's oh like a gyroscope. Oh, my God. Of course it's coming. But she doesn't and have a helmet on. look how hot she is. She's so hot. She so, totally would be with me. Do you think it makes me. you hotter? Makes you hotter when you're on a bike like oh that? Oh, my God. I, fi I follow on uh, Instagram. Thing. It's Look at that thing. I think it's, it's a Batman bike. Motor A-list. It's just... Fuck. It's just beautiful girls on these old vintage bikes it's the sexiest thing i've ever seen but look at that like she doesn't even have to balance it it balances itself no because like she's so hot because she's so hot it's her pussy <laughs> it's her pussy gyroscope it's, it's got such a gravitational force <laughs> that the whole thing like stays centered she's so hot you put a girl on a bike it's hot mm. you know if you put a girl in a place where you don't expect she could you know she she goes up and right 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 girl on a golf course girl at a boxing gym with her hair pulled back oh my god <sighs> A girl on a crew with just a, a uh, tool belt? Yeah. Girl on a golf course. Yeah. They they go up. Because it's always fat guys. Right. Do you think a girl on a golf course is just looking for dick? Or do you think they actually like golf? Some can pl really play. <laughs> <laughs> You're really entertaining my question. <laughs> well, like it takes that. all types, right? Real, real consideration. <laughs> hmm. Probably all just looking for dick. All of them. They can't possibly like it. It's like guys playing with dolls. Do you really like to play with dolls? No. Oh, yeah. No, I if you're out there on the links playing, yeah. She can play. Shout but out. But I've ladies. seen some girls that couldn't play at all who were uh, just flirting with guys at the driving range. What are you showing me here, Jamie? She's like the hottest arguably female golfer. She's got a million followers on Instagram. Of course she does. She's a female golfer and she's showing her butt. Imagine if that was a male golfer standing like that. Back up one. Okay, male golfer standing like that. Show's <laughs> over, fella. It's over, okay? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but she could do that. She could stick her butt at you. Yeah. Well, you got to work with what pretty, you got. Hey, well, I'm sure she's got more than that, you son of a bitch. No, she's talented. You're so sexist. I can't even believe you, my friend. <laughs> What's going on here? She's, she's a got killer. her tits hanging out, and she's wearing a little tiny skirt. You got to work with what you got. How come dudes don't dress like that when they hit balls? Seems weird. Because Seems we like don't we look, be to... we don't have those bodies. Our bodies are gross. <laughs> our if bodies our bodies are... looked like that, if we were sleek and thin, if we were be sleek, okay. thin, smooth, hairless, mm, smooth, ah, not offensive. 
No appendages dangling. Yeah, no right? disgusting. Nothing gross. Gross. Yeah. Hairs coming everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Ugh. I got hairs in my ears now. I have to shave them. Some new thing. So I get older, I get hairier. Like I have neck hair now, back of the neck hair. Yeah. I've, Ear hair, nose hair. I'm covered. <laughs> I'm like except, a bear. Except where we want it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I my uh, my had a barber, an old Italian barber, who shaved my ears when I was 15. Whoa! Just put like he took lotion. I mean, uh, shaving stuff and put it on my ears and shaved them. Straight razor? And yeah. And ever since then, just weeds growing out of I the back of my ears. Way. Yeah, it, it totally worked that way. <laughs> I think it just grew that way anyway. No. That's why you shaving your ears at 15. Most kids don't have to get their fucking ears, <laughs> ears shaved at 15. You're a goddamn little wolf boy. Like, like Michael J. Fox in that movie. Yeah, but it was soft, little fluffy hair. Now uh, it's like cactus. I don't think it works that way, man. I don't think like when you shave it, it doesn't grow back thicker. I it, think that's a, a myth. I don't think that's true. I think it definitely grows back thicker. Really? Yeah. I don't think it does, I, man. I think this came up the other day. I don't know if it was on here or if I saw it, but yeah. yeah. It definitely grows back I, thicker. I'm pretty sure it's a myth. When my wife started shaving her mustache, ah, it, now it <laughs> Her pussy's a jungle. <laughs> But it's a war we will win every day. Uh, we hack away. I've got a I've got a trimmer that goes inside the ear and the, uh, the nose. I've I got, got a up the nose one thing. It's I nice. shave with a, my regular razor as I'm shaving my face. I shave the back of my ears. Mm. I'm, a, I'm a hairy mess. Sometimes when I'm driving in my car, I'll grab a finger full of <laughs> nose hairs and I'll yank them out by the roots. Feels good. Oh, it's very satisfying when I look and I see a, a bunch of hairs <laughs> that I pulled out of my nose. You got to get a trimmer. Yeah, I know I do, but sometimes I can grab them. <laughs> I just like to grab them. my one. My one part of my back is hairier than the other side. Fact or fiction? If you shave or wax, your hair will come back thicker, and it may look that way, but looks can, can be, be deceiving. Very deceiving. I don't believe this science. Bullshit with the fucking scientific America. Bunch of liberal nonsense. That is simply not so. There are several reasons that the myth continues to flourish. One is. The limitation of human perception. People are just not very good observers, but there is no science, just no science behind hair growing back thicker, says Amy McMichael. First of all, it's a girl. Yeah, what's she know? Chair of the Department of Dermatology at Wake Forest Baptist Health. We're just kidding, Amy. I'm sure you know a lot more than me. There's also the power of coincidence. Indeed, pervasive myths, if a young boy shaves his mustache, it will grow back thicker, mm -hmm. are grounded in a kernel of truth. It might, but that's because the shaving may overlap with the timing of natural hormonal fluctuations in his body that are developing his adult facial hair, not because of his hair removal. All body right. hair grows at different times and at different rates for everybody. Case closed, Papa. I had little fuzzies on my ears, and now I have cactus barbs mm. that hurt my wife in our sleep. Whoa. It's, I'm a hairy mess. I had a birthmark on my left side of my back when I was young, and it faded, but what's remained is hair. So my right side is not very hairy. It has some hair, but this side is just like a, a jungle. A patch. Whoa. I used to have a song for it when I was in high school. What was it? Sammy on my back, Sammy on my back. What you doing there with all that hair? Sammy. You got a name for it? It was Sammy? My, yeah. My Why'd you call it Sammy? I, one of my friends named it. Wow. That friend Sammy on my back. Some weird fucking Sammy photo album you they jerk off to. What, what you doing there with, with all that hair? Sammy. Oh. <laughs> and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we just did another three hours. We did? Yeah. It's the best show ever. It's crazy. How the fuck does that happen? It's 4.30 already. Um... 
Don Papa. Do you so when you're home uh, enjoying my bread over Memorial mm. Day weekend? I smell it already. Will I be enjoying any elk gift from I have you? Elk for you, sir. Yes. 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 Mighty. I have uh, also <sighs> I have purchased a new commercial sized Yoder pellet smoker, and I will be cooking from the new location. So next time we do a fight companion, or maybe next time you and I do a podcast, we will sit down to a meal really? that I will cook before you ever get here. <sighs> so we'll have a meal, and we'll put some cameras on us, and we'll talk some shit while we're eating a nice, delicious, wild game dinner. I will that? bring the wine and the cigars. Come on. Dinner with dinner with Joe and Tom. Dinner with Come on. dinner for two. And you bring bread, and we'll have some gentleman's butter. What is it? <sighs> gentleman's breakfast. Uh, three cigars. Yes. Bottle okay. of wine. That's done. done. We're gonna do that. We're we're done. It's a great idea. So I have this. Uh, it's a Yoder. Pull this up. It's a Yoder fifteen hundred. I got one so I could cook for like six, seven people at a time. <clears throat> Perfect. So I could, yeah, I got it's a big ass. Never heard of this. Well, I'm a big fan of these pellet smokers. And what I like about these Yoders is uh, this is by the way, wow. not not an endorsement. I paid full price for this thing. Uh, didn't ask for. Um, that looks it's cool. Not a sponsorship. It's big. It's just a dope pellet smoker holy and cow it, it's made in america what do you keep what's pellet Fuck what do yeah. you mean pellet it works on pellets meaning hardwood pellets so what they do is they take you know when a lumber yard cuts up like maple or oak or some uh -huh. hardwood they take the pellets uh they take rather the sawdust and they compress it and the natural sugars um compress uh down into pellets and then uh -huh. pellets hold together and they pour these pellets in a hopper and the hopper feeds into a worm drive that feeds to a heating element so okay. it keeps it at a very consistent temperature oh. and how do you, um, how do you a, light it well it lights itself just a sh just a switch yeah see it like that's that great. that's what it looks like and if you uh go, jamie see if you can find that's like a, an oh, it's dope i love these things and there's another company called traeger that just came out with a really super high-tech one that's thick and insulated like a yeti cooler it's like their their best model yet, and you can control it with an app, and wow. it has digital thermometers that are built into it, so you can tell the temperature of your food. What's your Ooh. What's your signature dish off of this thing? Well, mostly I eat wild game because I right. I shoot I try to shoot an elk a year, which is right. like four hundred pounds of meat plus. God, I give away a lot of really? it. Really, four hundred yeah. pounds? But it's yeah, four hundred pounds of meat. But wow. this year was a good year. Yeah, I shot two deer, I shot a pig, I shot an elk. Jeez. So I shot a lot of animals this year. So I've got a lot of good food. Do you have food. a big fridge at the house? I have two commercial freezers in the back here. Okay. And I have two more commercial freezers at home. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. But That's I gave away ass. a lot of food to my friends. Yeah. I'm very proud. I gave food to Duncan Trussell. I gave elk to Gary Clark Jr. Oh, yeah? One of the greatest guitarists of all time. Ate my meat. Yeah, that's great. It sounded wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're a real group. But yeah, so Traeger <laughs> has this new one. Um, what the Timberline? That's it. That's the a good Timberline one. Timberline is their new one, and this new one, um, you could see like it has this crazy convection oven cycling of the smoke. Nice. And the Traeger's got this really thick door. Yeah. Like I've... my friend John Dudley um, has one of these, and I think there's some sort of a discount that you can get I if you know. want to buy one with his. I don't know. I uh, I have a sure. gas grill. That thing though. And you just don't get that. Not the same. It's not the same. Not the same. This is this is no gas. This is just wood. 
See the pellets? Wow. There's no chemicals in it. Oh, so you're, you're just, just there's the no natural gas line or anything? No, 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 no. It's just electricity <sighs> heats up that heating element, and there's a fan that blows uh, air on the 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 wood chips while oh they're getting God. cooked, and then it's just smoke, smoke and heat Jeez. that cooks the food. Dude, I am, I am sold. There's another company, a really good company called Green Mountain Grills. They actually gave me a grill back in the day. They were the first ones I'd ever tried. Those are excellent too, and. You can get a good one that's not not even too expensive. Camp Chef has another really nice one too. So it's not I'm not trying to tell anybody to buy anything, but I'm saying if you're thinking about getting a grill, I would look into one of these pellet grills. Yeah, that's pretty badass. Well, it's they're super easy to use too. You just pour the pellets into this hopper and then you set the temperature. How often do you have to re refresh the pellets? Dude, they're so th they're so economical. Like it doesn't they don't they last long because time. they keep the exact right temperature or real close to it within right. a few degrees up or down. You uh, like uh, the hopper. I fill it up like every four or five cooks. And if that was like charcoal, it would last for one cook. Right. You know, like you like so that was that's what it looks like. See those things? Oh yeah. They looks like like some sort of a brand cereal, right? Doesn't it? Like one of those. Yeah, they looks like gerbil food. Yeah. So what it is is just hardwood sawdust, and they yeah. just smush it. And the natural sugars make it stick together because you could break it up with your fingers. Like if you put it oh, in your you finger, could? yeah, you break it up easy. Yeah. So you pour it into the hopper. It grinds down. See that worm drive below, yeah. and it feeds down to that thing on the right, which is like where the heating element is. Yeah. And so it just catches fire, and then the the flames make smoke, and then it fills up that chamber, and the heat comes from the smoke. So when you put a uh, an elk steak or something on there. Can you cook it like in just a couple minutes, or is everything just no, smoke slow? It takes a long time. So like the way I do it now, yeah. I've done it a bunch of different ways, and all of them are delicious. Like elk is my favorite meat. It's a right. delicious, really healthy meat. But yeah. my favorite way to do it now, because of um, this guy uh, Chad Whiskey Bent Barbecue on uh, Instagram, who's my friend John Dudley's buddy, who's a world champion pit master, like one of those oh yeah bad motherfucker yeah. Uh, grill guys. Champions. He says don't ever cook meat above 275 degrees. He says when you're cooking it, you should cook it slowly and don't allow the meat to dry out and use a meat thermometer. So since I started doing that, I've been very happy with the results. Right. Because I get it to 130, 135 degrees, somewhere around there. Uh -huh. Then I pull it and then I reverse sear it. The way I do it is on a frying pan. I use butter in a frying pan with right. some garlic and I sear that shit out of it on each side real quick, like 30 seconds, 40 seconds. So like you bring it seconds. into the house? Yeah. Bring it into the house. Then I get it. <laughs> then, then I wrap it up with aluminum foil and I put it in a Yeti cooler and I seal it up for 15 minutes. Really? Yeah, I let it slowly keep cooking because real slow, cool down. And then I open it up and I let it sit for another 10 minutes. And then I slice into that bitch. <laughs> so what should I do oh. with the gas grill? Oh, we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> Throw that thing in the fucking, give it to homeless people. <laughs> Throw it in the L.A. River. See? This get stuff is, when you can do something like that and you yeah. get good at it, right? This is the bread thing. It's like, yes. you're yes. in. Yes. Well, for me, it's, uh, I, it's, I love cooking. Yeah, I've always loved cooking. And it's not, there's a little bit of a manly thing that I like more with cooking with lump charcoal over a f charcoal grill. The smell. There's and something the, very, yeah, very it. manly about yeah. the real fire it's primal. Thing. But honestly, as, as far as like taste and as far as um, ease of use and repeatability, it's hard to fuck with these pellet grills. Yeah. Because you're cooking with real wood fire. Yeah. It smells great. It tastes great. Like when you open the lid up, the smell uh, of like maple and yeah. all the different, you know, you can buy a bunch of different like apple wood, all kinds of different cherry. So great. You can buy all kinds of different pellets. 
I need a bigger yard. They're not even that big, man. No? No, and again, economical. Like, I know Green Mountain Grill. Go to Green Mountain Grill. They have a pretty small one that is only like a few hundred bucks. And um, my mother-in-law has my old one. It's great. Yeah. They're fucking great, man. It still works. I've had it for years. Really? Yeah. And that one has a built-in um, thing. It's called the Daniel Boone. You, you know, there's, one thing I took took off of your uh, Instagram was the uh, the eggs and just throwing the kale on top of it. Oh, yeah. I love It's that. a lifesaver. I, I mean, that. that's such a simple, yeah. great so morning. Oh, it's the best. So easy. What I do is I take some kale, I chop it up, and then I chop up some garlic, and usually I do jalapenos too. Yeah. Then I get some butter cooking. I put the kale in the butter. I saute it. And once it really starts getting darker, it's ready to rock, I just crack a few eggs in there. Right on top of it. Mix it all up. Put it on a, a plate, and it's fantastic. You mix it up. They look like they were sunny side up kind of. Sometimes I do that, too. Yeah. Sometimes I just put the kale right next to the eggs. Right. But sometimes I cook the eggs in the kale. Yeah, I've just been throwing the kale on top of the eggs. It's great, too. It's great, great. too. Yeah, great, it's too. so fast. Yeah, super easy. The best. What's this one? Have you tried one of these? I have. I Does like those. Pretty good? Yeah, those are great. Sous vide. Yeah, I have, uh, I don't think I have that one. I have another one like it. What is that? But yeah, what you do is you vacuum seal your food in a plastic bag, and then you put it in a pot with water, and then the hot water, the thing will heat up the temperature of the water like 125 degrees. Uh, My question would be like, is the, the plastic, plastic leaching yeah. into your food? They say it doesn't. Yeah, it's a good question, though. But how do we... Maybe I mean, you can't microwave plastic. Yeah, if it's a certain temperature, maybe the plastic needs to hit a certain right. yeah. temperature to melt. Well, they say you should point. never drink bottles that have been in your car in a hot day in L.A. Right. I was wondering about that recently. I was just high and thinking about that. Where, where did that story like maybe come from? Maybe the glass bottle water people are putting out false Who's got? Fake is there news. a glass bottle <laughs> yeah, water like business? Perrier and all those are all glass bottles. They started Boss. Up, yeah. Right? Yeah. What's the whole, like trend on it? I think there's the actual way. science behind it, though. I was just wondering, was all I didn't look yeah. for it. But Conspiracy. Yeah, conspiracy. You were high. That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The sous vide is good. I have a, actually a blowtorch that I do with sous vide. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I do sous vide, and then I cook the outside of it with a torch. Yeah. Because you get that uh, brown on the outside. I'm I've so done that, but I don't prefer it. Yeah. Um, I prefer the the Traeger style yeah. Green Mountain Grill, Yoder Grill, those pellet grills. Yeah. Again, there's a bunch of different companies. I'm not trying to endorse one. I like Green Mountain Grill. Well, uh, my friend John Dudley loves those Traegers. And that, but that new, new Traeger Timberline is pretty revolutionary. And it's supposed to be amazing in its ability to um, insulate. I think actually the best one, too, is another one called the Memphis. Memphis Grill is supposed to be really good at that, too. Someone told me if you have a, a gas grill to put a um, cast iron pan on it and mm. you do your steak that way. Yeah, that's a good move. Yeah. Yeah. To get that that seared right. flavor from a cast iron, and it's pan. more even. It gets you know a little more. Uh, a lot of big time steak restaurants still use cast iron pans. Cast you know? iron's pretty badass. You know you get iron from it too. You get Do actually you really? dietary iron. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, you act, which is crazy. And you don't it's really have to clean them. To be good for you. <laughs> you get like it's good to cook even vegetables. Like good, cooking vegetables in in an iron pan, you get a little bit of iron. Oh really? Yeah. That's good for my wife. Is that true? Make sure that's true. She's a little low iron. 
I feel like I might be lying. No, I think you're right. I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? I do so many podcasts. There's so many things that I've said that are not true. And then, of I'm course. I'm not trying to deceive you, folks. I'm not trying to I'm deceive do, We're you. doing our best. I'm doing my best. I am doing my best. <laughs> Tom Papa, where can these uh, fine people see you perform your wonderful and magical stand-up comedy? I'm going to uh, do some shows in uh, Oakmont, Pennsylvania, oh. and a theater in uh, Ridgefield, Connecticut, and Old Saybrook. Go to TomPapa.com. I've got a bunch of stuff in June and then starting up again in the fall. Tom Papa. And my special's uh, streaming on Hulu and Amazon. And um, follow my Instagram if you want bread tips. How old is your special now? It was about Came six out, months ago, yeah, five months ago, six months like ago. Yeah. And, and when do you think you'll think about doing another one? What kind of schedule are you on? I feel like I could start lining it up because I've got about, uh, I've got about, 35 40 that's like really solid like filmable stuff right and um you know keep working at that pace by the time i set it up and go do it it'll be probably i did it last july is when i filmed it so we're coming up on a year and if i did it probably at like a year and a half to two years it feels like two years might be a little long but it feels like a year and a half will be It'll be ready. Yeah, and I don't put the on clock on it. It's really like, when is it ready? Mm. But if I'm already at that point, I feel like I should crank it out. Yeah, I'm on the exact same schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people I talk to have that same opinion. Uh -huh. But it seems to be like that, like a, at a year and a half in, you start feeling this is real. Yeah. It's ready to go. Yeah, it takes time. Yeah. You know, and you want it to be, you know, I don't want to just eek. Across yeah. the finish line, I want to, you know, you want it to be better than be, the last one. Yeah, you want it to be representative of where you're, you feel your stand-up is right yeah. now, you know. And to, to get, exactly, you have your great nights, and you have your not. It was like it's a matter of being getting it so consistent that you get to the like this motherfucker's ready. Right, exactly. This, it's tight. time to pull the bread out of the oven. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> get uh, me some pellets. <laughs> and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, ooh, ah, oh. That's the end. Oh, of and this. my podcast. May I mention oh, that? That's right. Come Become to Papa. a Papa podcast. I always forget to uh, turn people on to that. But uh, that's, the best comics are the worst at self promotion. I know. So that's a good thing, my friend. Thank you. So I'm getting. Are you at the worse. store this weekend? Not this weekend. I'll be there next week, though. Okay. Yeah. I'll see you there next week. Sounds Tom good. Tom Papa, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you, everybody. Love you. Bye. My ears are hot. <laughs> <laughs>